Welcome to Real GM Radio. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is a continuation of what I believe is the longest-running Real GM Radio tradition, and that is the Over-Under Podcasts with Arturo Galetti. We go in extreme detail. I, I, I really do love the process on... Every team, we also go through pertinent division odds, conference championship odds, title odds, MVP, rookie of the year for those that are relevant, and it's a great exercise, very clarifying for me in terms of how I'm feeling about these teams, and Arturo put some great work into the methodology, which we go through in the very beginning of this podcast, and yeah, I, I absolutely love it, and over the years, we've gotten better at solving some of the technological issues, so I think the audio quality, which has been a problem before, is not a problem at all now, so hopefully you enjoy it. It's just about two hours, a little bit under that, so you got a lot of content here and brought to you by betonline.ag. Use that CLNS50 promo code to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And here we go. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, and I think I'll, I'll give a little bit of a spiel on what we're doing. Um, so uh, we've been really good at identifying good models. And so uh, for this particular year, uh, instead of like getting somebody else to do it because they've all gotten hired by teams, congrats to them, but it's bad for us. Uh, I've actually like gone out and, and gotten the models that are out there and the and the minutes that are out there uh, and kind of done our own projection. We've done uh, I've done a series of six projections. I'm going to talk about the average. I'm going to talk about the worst projection. I'm going to talk about whether or not the models that I made, which are made using 538, which are made using 3 Arapim, which are made using uh, Darko, and Kevin Pelton's minutes, which he nicely provided. I am not going to uh, put his win projections up, but he is he has them up on ESPN behind their paywall if you're interested, and they're actually quite good. Um, and uh, that's kind of what we're going to do. So I, I didn't get to cheat this year. I actually had to like build models myself. So um, so doing the work this year. Hopefully uh, it'll be better than last year, which is a bloodbath. We're still up. Yeah. But last year was a bloodbath. Yeah. Historically, of- historically speaking, you and I have done a very good job last year. And there are plenty of excuses that we can make, but it will also, like, just did badly. And I, I will wear that because that is that is what you do. Just like you celebrate the victories, you also acknowledge the the defeats or the disappointments. And that is, that is something I always want to do here. As a point of clarification, something you and I have always done and I really enjoy is that we do kind of two two elements of the of the pick for each team. So it is whether we pick the over or the under, but then we also say fade or play. And the way to calibrate that is it's how confident are we in this? So if we fade it, what that means, as I interpret it, is that while this is what I think is the most likely outcome, I am not super confident in it. I like so so for yeah. for example in a fade what that probably means is I thought it was close between over and under and so I would not recommend somebody betting it because presumably there are better bets on the board. And, and this year we're going to use bet instead of play because we're adults now and it's legal everywhere. So that's true. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, times have changed, man. When we started this, like yes, yes, we can't talk about betting. Um, um, one thing I shall also mention is that we have uh, the historical over under, uh, um, you know, over the last ten seasons that have paid out. And to give an example, uh, the Toronto Raptors have won the over. Uh, I've gone over the Vegas total for wins nine out of the last 10 seasons Whew. that actually means is that raptors are historically undervalued by american betting markets so typically the line is set way too low on the we'll, we'll talk about that there are teams that where the line is set too high because they're very public lakers <coughs> 
I'm sorry, something got in my throat there. Um, and uh, there are teams that are undervalued because they're not either big markets or obviously it's a Canadian team, so like it's undervalued. And this doesn't like somebody was questioning is like what that means is there's a bias that we identify over the last decade where the line is set too low, and it's something to keep in mind because you know I'm, I'm not going to give something away, but like I, I'm going to like the Raptors. Um, yeah, and and one way of thinking about that is that the way I've articulated this over the years is that we'll use Vegas as the conglomerate here, even though, of course, not every entity is based there. What Vegas is trying to do with an over-under is they're trying to get equal betting on both sides, because if they do that, then they're coming out really well. If it's, if it's, so it isn't necessarily to evaluate each team on the merits and put the line there. It is intended to do that. So sometimes you see a really high line for a strong team because, you know, like, especially if it's a strong public team. So like when the mm-hmm. Lakers have been really good or the Knicks or somebody else, because you're trying to get, you're trying to basically squeeze the most out of their optimists and then you can get some on the other side. You, like the, the markets want money equal on both sides because they make their money on the cut, right? right. So they make they make the money on the processing fee. Now, it's not 100% like that. Books will take chances on this stuff. But generally what they want is they want to draw even money on both sides. So if it's a team that is a public team, that means it has a lot of fans, then they can assume they can set the line high because like they'll get people excited about it and coming in. <coughs> Lakers, sorry. I don't know, that, that cough. Um, yeah, and, and that's kind of something that's there. I think something else that we'll keep in mind is that um, uh, this is a year where like there are going to be teams that are going to be really interested in uh, that French, uh, the French prospect Victor. Uh, yeah, well, and and part of the sweetener. So obviously, Victor Wembanyama, very exciting. For those who yes. haven't listened yet, the podcast they did last week with Sam Vecini, actually both on Real GM Radio and on the Game Theory podcast, we talked a lot about what makes Wembanyama so exciting. But also Scoot Henderson. So what having yeah. a second intriguing player does is especially with flattened lottery odds. There's, there's, a, couple, there's a couple more there. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's more like three or four, but yes, like right. the and so, of that draft. So what, the, so what that means is that, yeah, of course, you'd love to have the best odds of getting of getting Wambanyama, but also you, it's not a, a one and, and then if you get anything else, you're screwed situation. It's like, okay, you know, it, it, I would think of Scoot Henderson knowing what we know right now is more of a consolation prize. And so what this does is it does two things. So one is, it makes it makes the incentives one way for teams, but the other big factor, and this is part of the genius from a team perspective, which is not the intention of those games that were televised on ESPN two, is that in certain circumstances, tanking is very unpalatable to a fan base. You can see the frustration and everything else. Having excitement for draftable players is actually can be cover for some of these teams to do it a little bit more zealously because their fans aren't going to be as angry about it. And maybe the coverage, the local media coverage and everything else. So in some ways, the more optimistic the public perception is about a draft class, the easier it is for a team to tank more brazenly. I mean, I think there's there's very specific teams this particular season that are constructed very much the tank. Oh, yeah. 
and and I think like we'll 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 get into it. Like the incentive, what ends up happening is also is it, they'll be like in a situation where like they'll just like start playing the guys who are not necessarily the better players, but the younger players who have potential because they're really trying to like see one, see what they have, and two, they they care more about like you know the position than anything else. Now the league has done a good job in making these games more competitive late in season, but I think this particular year it's set up so that like some of the top teams will win more because certain teams are just not going right. to compete. And and I think uh, we've also seen that to some extent particularly in the west so we'll, we'll get to it a little bit in the east but more in the west at, yeah, with some yeah. really low over underlines for these bad my, teams my old friend danny um yes 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 there there's some there's some teams that when you look at them you're like <laughs> you start laughing because you're like okay yeah um, and, and for those who are are, you, are we ready to, to start I mean, I was going to ask, like, East or West. Uh, and actually, like, one of the things, like, we'll, one of the things we'll, we will mention is we will mention situations where we like MVP odds. We'll mention situations where we like uh, Rookie of the Year odds. We'll mention situations where we like a division, title, and uh, conference. And I think uh, I think last year, our best bet probably was the Suns. Um, where like the like the Suns and the Warriors on the uh, on the uh, on that division uh, because there was like a very kind of misunderstanding on what certain teams were. Right. But yeah, like um, and, and I love how that played out. Where I think I. Th- if memory serves, something I said was I thought the Warriors were more like their title. It was better if you believed in them, bet the title odds, not the division odds. And then that is, of course, what happened. The Suns had the number one record and and didn't do that. And we can, so, yeah, so we'll do those when when pertinent. And yes, and we we go from the lowest Vegas over under in the conference to the highest. So it's not on wins last year. It's on on that projection. And so that leads to us starting with the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Pacers won 25 games last year, but notably, they had the cleaning the glass point differential of a 32-win team. They dramatically underperformed it, really, really, really bad in close games, and they, you know, things shifted towards the end of the season. They traded Sabonis for Halliburton, and then also a lot of their guys were sitting towards the end of the year. Miles Turner, of course, missed the end of the year as well. And there is an expectation that the Pacers I mean, are going to are going to move some players because their over under is set at twenty three and a half. And to me, if we're looking at their roster right now, this isn't even this is far far better than a twenty three win team. Are, the model really likes the over on this because they it likes the roster and the kind of it likes the people who are on this team, right? So um, the problem I, I think we've got them projected at almost seven, like uh, almost. Yeah, almost uh, eight and nine wins. Almost nine wins over uh, is the projection, and every one of the models I did has them over. Now, the tricky part, as you mentioned, is I mean, are they going to be competing? Um, they're going to kind of be borderline. Um, I think they're going to be borderline playing, right? They might be like because of the situation. If they try to compete, they can probably make the play. And they have some exciting players. They haven't necessarily been a team that tanks. But is this a situation where you think they kind of go for it? Right. It's definitely a possibility. And what I think makes the Pacers, what what shifts things, you know, we're recording this in early October when we've often done these a little earlier in the process is the Pacers can make a trade involving, I mean, the most obvious ones, because we've heard the direct rumors on it would involve Miles Turner and or Buddy Heald. And like, yeah, a trade involving Miles Turner probably makes the Pacers worse. 
but it hasn't happened yet. And so we're getting closer to the point, roughly, you know, a week away from the start of the regular season, week and a half, where if a deal doesn't happen now, odds are it's not going to happen in late October or early November. Things don't usually shift that fast. It could happen bef- way well before the trade deadline. But I, I, my inclination, knowing what we know right now, is that it's not going to happen right away. And so while I'm leaning, I'm leaning heavily on the over and seriously yeah. considering a bet is because I think there's a distinct chance that the Pacers weaken their roster and try to get into the get into the derby, but that they've already won enough games by that point that either A, they reconsider, or B, they're, you know, they're they're looking at the lottery odds and like, hey, if we're if we have the sixth worst record or the fifth worst record, that's not a terrible place to be versus like trying to out tank the thunder. I think the yeah, I think the pace is going to fuck around and make the play. Right. I mean, and, and pardon my French, but I think that's what's going to happen is, yeah, they're going to kind of stick around. They're not going to make a trade They They've got some good competitive players. You know, they've got some decent defense and so on. They'll win some games because there's teams in that division. We'll talk about them, like particularly like that are like in a much rougher situation than uh, than they even, you know, you know, team, the team that was like really good last year, maybe not great because it's, it's missing some key players. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of think that like it, it's a really low number. Like we're talking 23 and a half is the uh, the number that we have for those Pacers. And we kind of I mean, I think we both agree that they're better than that number. Um, I think I, and I think they're better than it by a lot. I mean, we're last year they had the differential of a 32 win team. And that might be a little strong, especially when you consider some of the incentives in play. But like, I, I mean, they're I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle with these overs. Like, I'm going to struggle with these overs for some of these teams because I'm kind of like, ah, Victor's so good that I'm looking and going like, oh, yeah. God. But it, I actually do think that like 23 is too low for them. I, I do think they're going to compete, and I do think they're going to be like, you know, they're going to be late in the season. They're going to have a chance to go for the play-in, and given that they flattened the draft structure for them, it's not going to lead to vastly improve odds because they're not. As you said they're not going to. The really bad teams, and I can kind of we'll, we'll get to those. The, the team there's like there's there's like. Seven teams that are definitely going to be worse than the base, right? In terms of record, right? Do you agree with me on that? I think there's easily I can come up with seven teams. I I wouldn't say for sure, but I think there's a reasonable possibility. And and something else I like to look at with teams that might be on a precipice is like, well, how is their early schedule? And so here's the early schedule for the Pacers. Like the basically here's October home games against the Wizards, Spurs and Pistons, then a road trip, Sixers, Bulls, Wizards, Nets, Nets. And so it's like, yeah, that they're not going to win every game there, but there are a lot of winnable games there. And then they have Houston and the Magic twice in early November. So it's like, I think they'll be doing okay. And so they're doing okay. Herb Simon, their owner, likes to be competitive. I think they go in that direction. So in a way, what you're betting on if you're going under here is that they make a move quickly or that those guys just get hurt or something doesn't happen because I don't love a lot of the defenders on the Pacers team, but they have enough to me that if they stay remotely whole, that they'll be there. And their offense is intriguing. It's a team with like Halliburton and and Turner, like at least early in the season. And, you know, I... Aaron Nesmith, I you know they they traded for him. I like him. There's there's guys on this team I like. I mean, as I said, our worst case scenario has them at 30 wins. And and yes, there's a scenario where they absolutely blow it the hell up, and they're like maybe like four or five teams worse. But even if they're five teams worse than the worst case scenario we have from the model, that is still over 23 and a half wins. Um, 
I'm 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 talk I've talked myself into betting on them uh, because again, as I said, I don't think there's a scenario where like they're they're legitimately one of the top the, the worst the worst three records in the league, right? I mean, I just don't think that happens. Um, so where are you at with them? I'm going to I'm going to over embed it. Okay, like yeah, we. we it's just yeah. like so. What's funny is yeah. if if they had this line at twenty five and a half or twenty six and a half, yeah. I would have said definitely fade. I don't know if I even would have gone over, but at twenty three and a half, it's just so low. Yeah, generally, like the Pacers, sixty uh, percent historically they go sixty percent over sixty percent, sixty five sixty percent of the time, and there's a slight bias against them. But like, I don't think it plays in here. Do we like anything with them? Like they they also like they, they have very low rookie minutes. I don't think yeah. they have. Of the year kind well, of. so I think Benedict Matherin will get enough playing time to consider. So, what is the is it bet a hundred win a thousand? Is that roughly what it is for him? Yeah, ten to one. 10 so to ten to one. one. Uh, actually, twelve to one. Twelve to one is the. Tw- you know that that's not terrible. Twelve, 12 to, one. to one on Matherin, I actually think is is intriguing. Um, he so rookie of the year for me kind of depends on a couple of different factors. One of the most obvious because it's generally more counting stats based than anything else is like playing time. And so I think Matherin's going to play plenty. That's not going to be a problem for him. And and I really off the cuff, I think there are probably about five rookies that are going to, that we expect to start the season playing enough to really be in that contention. So, yeah. Fantasy site's got to have him at about 28 minutes per game. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, is he, the, I mean, would you say he's going to put up a lot of counting stuff? I think he'll, I think he'll do reasonably well. Halliburton likes passing a lot. And so you can need play finishers and especially if they end up reducing the number of mouths to feed, you know, do something with Buddy Heald, do something with Miles Turner. So, Twelve yeah, to one. If, if, if this team is a story where like they're they're hovering around the play-in, yeah, and yeah, he's I a like, starter like for I, them, yeah. So like, I, I think I like that twelve to one. I like. I, I think like, twelve to one. It's reasonable. Else, right. it, it's kind of like without Chet, it's kind of there's nobody else. So he's in a good position. He's gonna get run. He's gonna put counting stats. And this team might be. It, it, this team is definitely. We both think it's gonna be better than their. Uh, line. So, yeah, I mean, I think Matherin, it, it's a little bit like that Scotty candidacy last year and um, costing me some money with the Mobley uh, bets. But, yes, I think I like him at 12 to 1. Yeah. I like Matherin at 12 to 1. I'm going to write this down. Matherin, uh, we don't like any of their uh, other odds. No. Right? no, I mean, especially because while you and I are both, like, one of the things when you pick an, when you pick an over for a team that's not great, so one of the smart things to do is immediately look at, like, division or look at something else. But when you consider that you know this division also includes the Milwaukee Bucks it's hard and and the and the Cavs like it's kind of hard it's I can see the Pacers getting into the play-in mix but for them to have the best record in the central that's gonna be hard yeah it's it's, the central has some interesting teams so I yeah I wouldn't do that no I I think so our next team and I'm gonna let you lead with this one is gonna be the Orlando Magic yeah, so the Magic... Uh, the By the one- way, Magic are 20, 26 and a half is mm-hmm. their over. It is. 26 and a half, that would be a, a meaningful improvement over the 22 that they won last year, which was loosely in line with their differential. And they added the number one pick, Paolo Boncaro. They had a nice rookie season, really nice, better, far better than I expected from Franz Wagner. To me, the big question with Orlando is going to be their offense because they actually, the defensive tools there are, are pretty encouraging. I like some of what they have in that. I, I've been a Wendell Carter fan since he was on the Bulls. 
but they're going to need a lot more from Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, potentially Jalen Suggs, however they're going to run this rotation. Wagner obviously already did a lot last year. And I was surprised that the number for the Magic was this high. Like, I was yeah. expecting it yeah. to be like 23 and a half, a team that is weak on talent, but, you know, there's a reason that they could push. And putting it at 26 and a half, like, that definitely gives you more cover. I think you know, they... You, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna, you know what's actually a really interesting kind of tidbit if you're looking at what, what their thought pattern is? Um, they'd be they, they'd be really happy. That, I think it was their GM saying they'd be really happy to have, like, Jonathan Isaac at any point in the season um i they, i mean they're i don't think i think they're definitely tanking i think this is the first team where i go like these guys are tanking um the model has them at like 23 and a half uh, most of it has it on there but i actually think this is assuming they're more competitive than i think they're going to try to be i think this is a team that's perfectly set up to just give people run they're they're, they're gonna give people run they're not gonna put ice they're not gonna push isex this year and this is a team that probably really wants victor um so logistically i think to me this is a this i mean that 26 and a half number is way too high i mean if if you gave me a 20 if if you gave me this team at 23 and a half i'd be struggling but 26 and a half um well could, uh, you, see so, them, could you see them being five wins worse than 26 and a half sure i could see them being five wins worse i could see them going over too i mean i think they have defensive talent and you know especially if isaac can come back a little bit that they have guys that can slide around positionally so you can play isaac along sidecar or you can also play some five you could also he defended some wings back when he and Aaron Gordon played together so you could make some things work there with him next to Paulo Boncaro but the guard rotation is a real concern and as a point of reference like last year and not that last year is definitive five teams finished with 26 or fewer wins actually all of them finished with fewer than 26 they're just there's 25 and 24 and 23 and 22 and 20 and so the magic I don't think it's definitive that they're one of the five worst teams in the league this year like they have the talent to outperform that but a as you brought up I don't think they want to be better than the five worst teams you know like this would be a circumstance where if halfway through the season they're in the play and then they go well okay we can think about things differently and 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 also like I have a hard time also look I mean another thing that I point out is like when we're looking at these teams look at the rest of their division are they the worst team in the division yes like I I, I could concoct I could concoct a scenario where they were where they finished better than either the Wizards or the Hornets but I don't think their talent level is better than those teams it would be a good scenario for the for the for the magic to do so yeah I mean some some things seriously has to go particularly for the Hornets some things have to like go seriously wrong there um I again I think it it, are you with me that this is a clear under? I mean, the, the question is going to be whether we want to play it. Or not. Yeah, it, it's an under for me. Um, bet versus fade gets harder here because I actually do like their talent. I mean, the models are a little bit lower on it. They have them more as like a twenty a twenty three win team. But why I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna bet it because the the structural incentives like the the history of this basically for in order for the wizards or for the magic to go over. They probably need to be playing at like a 32 win clip. Like that's probably about what it needs to be because otherwise they'll start dragging down. And even if there are more tanking teams than usual, but just because at that point, because the season isn't over, you're not at 32 wins at that juncture. And so I think that's possible. Like I would say ballpark it at like a 25 to 40% chance of being there, but that's well below half. Do, do you agree with me that there's like an 80% chance of the worst, worst team in the Eastern Conference? 
I don't think it's that high. No, I think I think there are other teams that can be real bad. Um, okay, I mean more like sixty percent, maybe. Yeah. They're definitely. I mean, like there's there's no. I would easy say between I would say between forty and sixty. There's there's no easy outs for them. I'm looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference and going like, oof, like there there there's nobody that that, that can pencil in the Magic or winning tonight. Um, actually, by the way, I didn't mention this on the first, but I'll mention it here. The uh, on the first on the Pacers, we were the model was also on the over, so everybody was on the over and everybody was bad. Uh, here the model is on the under uh four of them uh, are under and two of them are over uh and i'm under and danny is under and i think i am bet and so am i uh, yes i think because i just again like i wasn't but again as i was going through the models and going through the news for all the teams like when i read the statement from the dm he's talking about like he'll be maybe we can get him to play a couple games and he's talking about isaacs and isaacs is in training camp and like doing some contact work he isn't doing hard contact work but it doesn't sound like a team that is in in any hurry to compete and i totally understand why if they were they saw the highlights and they're like no it's okay like we can just figure out what we have and kind of like uh you know tool around and do some stuff i don't think they're gonna there's no motivation for them to try this um so I, we don't need to talk about their division or anything else like that. The other thing no. we can discuss is Paulo Boncaro at two to one for Rookie of the Year. I think I, I think Boncaro is the most likely Rookie of the Year, but two to one seems strong. Um, I do like him. He was the number one player in my class. I think he's going in, in the class for me. I think that he's going to play a lot, and he could have the ball in his hands a lot. So I think if you are a if you are Apollo optimist, this is a reasonable one. I'm just a little bit this like an injury that keeps him out for 20 games might prevent him from getting this. Yeah, I mean, like it, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty hands with him. Um, like if there's like if he tweaks his ankle or like there's like if he gets a hangnail, I think he misses two weeks. Um, I mean, I think it's obvious to like I mean it's it's not terrible odds. Two to one is not terrible. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't love it. I wouldn't bet it. I mean, like if if I if I'm going to if I'm going to bet on uh, Banquero, it might be like a little bit later. Like if if his odds drop a little bit or something, then I might consider picking him up. But I don't. I don't. Two to one is not attractive. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons last year won twenty three games. Differential was largely in line with that. And Vegas is seeing a bump for them all the way up to the over-under set at 29.5 wins. Oof. Um, hmm. So actually, also didn't mention it before, the Magic historically are go under. They 80% of the time they go under. Uh, so the historic also agree. But on the uh, Pistons, they historically, they're, they're about even. Um, the model has them uh, as an under in basically every scenario that it's simulated. Uh, actually, it has them eight wins under. So basically, it's projecting them at 21.5 wins versus 29.5 line. Um, I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, like the big move that the uh, the Pistons made is they're going to negotiate a buyout with uh, Campbell Walker, right? Well, so, the the big thing was trading Jeremy Grant, which is interesting because you wouldn't usually see a team with a big bump in their over under, and they traded away one of their best players for. Yeah, but they traded away Grant, and they're basically like negotiating a buyout with Kemba. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they, they, I, no, Kemba isn't who he was, but Kemba's still kind of a veteran presence. So it's more like they're shifting to playing these, putting these minutes on on kind of rookies. And again, historically, what we know is, is you start like right now they're they're the team in the Eastern Conference with the most rookie minutes, right? Uh, in our projections, so you know, I mean, as much as I like some of their guys and they're growing and they've they've got a coach that I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm you know I'm not a huge fan of Casey, but like um you know they're 
they're going to compete. I just don't know that, like, the, the, the model's kind of looking at this, and I'm looking at it and going, like, okay, so where am I getting these, these 30 wins from with the Pistons? Kate Cunningham, take, they, how, K, K Cunningham how, taking a big step forward is a part of it, and I thought he looked a lot better towards the end of last season. Preliminary in the preseason, I've been, I've been positive on him. And then the other thing is, like, you, talk, you brought up Dwayne Casey. You and I both aren't the biggest fan, though I think he deserves some appreciation. Generally, his defenses have done pretty well in the regular yeah. season. Even those flawed Raptors teams did a pretty good job defensively in the regular season. But offensively, it hasn't always been the best. The, the issue, potentially, for how they could not be as focused on on tanking is i believe Dwayne casey is close to the end of his contract he might have gotten an extension i'm trying to remember that but he like i mean it, it seems like he prefers to win games and the pistons have this unusual circumstance like they brought in nerlens noel and alec burks which you know like troy weaver opened up cap space in the grant trade and then used it to add veterans with modest draft returns is that they have options at a lot of these spots. So if they want to try to win, like, okay, you play New Orleans Noel more than you play some of these other guys. You play Alec Burks. But if you want to tank, oh, baby, you got ways to do that. And, like, not only you brought up the rookie minutes component here, but also the just overall young guy minutes component because you have these second and third-year players that are there. So I'm, I'm on the under here, but what gives me a little bit of pause is – that their general manager, Troy Weaver, has he's made moves that make it seem like he wants to go over this. And so I basically would uh, the bet for me, because like they brought in Bojan Bogdanovic, for example, and like Bojan's a flawed player, but he's a yeah. capable one. And so it's basically at other times. So for me, this is only a question of bet versus fade. Like that's that's the, the I, I feel better about the under than I do the over either there's way. Like, there's like one player that would make the rotation on any conference final team on this team, which is probably Cade. Um, yeah. And, but and they have other they have a lot of capable. I mean, when New Orleans Noel is healthy, like he was a he was a totally good center I, for the yeah, next few like, years ago. And like, Burks is Burks is fine I in the rotation. Like they have they have dudes. And Boyan was last year. I mean, its defense I, has I gotten worse. But the model agrees. I agree, and you agree that it's an under, right? Yes. Um, I'm not shit. Um, hmm. I'm looking at this and going like it's under. It's significantly under. Do I want to bet this? And I'm kind of looking at it and thinking, where are you at on this? Are you betting this or are you? Would you bet this or not? <sighs> I'm torn. This is this is one of the hardest bet or fade on the entire board as I'm thinking about it right now. I'm it's a, it's a, I'm it's a, so I'm gonna go this, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet it. Perfectly by the way. Like if it, if it was if it was a little lower, a little higher, but like if it yeah. was one win one win higher, I'd probably be like an automatic. I'm looking at it. Yeah, and, and if it was it went lower, then it would be a definite fade. And so from from that perspective, but so here's part of it. I like Jaden Ivey, and we'll talk about his rookie of the year odds in a second. Mm-hmm. There are very few rookies even who ones who look like they're going to be great in the future, who are truly positive players that help your team win games. And p- what I think is going to happen here is the unintentional tank. So what I mean by that is that Weaver goes into this intending to win. He wants to win 35 games. He wants to win 40 games. And my read on the Pistons is that they're not quite good enough. They're just not at that level yet. Yeah. And so they're so what happens is they're actually playing at around a 30 win pace, maybe maybe high 20s, you know, in that range. So well above the model projection at that point. But then what happens is teams in that range overwhelmingly gravity pulls them back around the 60 game mark, maybe the 55 game mark. And if they're, you know, and especially considering we've talked about how competitive the rest of the East is, if let's say it looks like they're, you know, five, six games clear of the play in, then it becomes 
well, let's see if we can get something for Noel. Let's see if we can get something for Bogdanovich. Let's see if we can get something for Burks. And then then you're right back in this mix. So as you said, if this line was 26 and a half, if this line, I would not, I might not even be going under in that case. But 29 and a half gives me the cover I was looking for. So are you fade or play? I'm play. I'm betting it. So you're betting it. Um... We're going to have a weird reversal here where I'm the coward and you're the... Uh, oh, oh, don't worry. My cowardice is coming. I, I'm going to go fade on this. I, mm, I'm really struggling with this one. Because, again, I get what you're saying. I mean, like, I, it's just they might be the one team in there between the coach and whatever, what else that, like, uh, that try. Uh, so... Uh, my, it is eight games. It's twenty nine. That twenty nine and a half is just such a huge number for them. It, it is it, like it's basically we're saying they're seven games better than they were last season to, to clear it. And can they? Pl- I'm gonna go fade because okay. even though I think it's under, I'm gonna go fade because I do think that they. I can see how they win ten more games than uh, I could. I could see them winning like ten more games than twenty foot, like like thirty three games, even though they suck. Right, because if Cade like plays a little better and like nobody's competing and Casey's like driving them hard, um, so just gonna say no. So I mean, like uh, it's a struggle. So like this was like the model likes it, and uh, I understand why people would like it. I know why I'm fading because I don't I don't love that number. Um, yeah. Dan Ivy, Ivy's at seven to one. I mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by Ivy. I think he's going to get enough playing time to to be in consideration, but. Yes, I don't think get- I don't, my my concern is that I don't think he's going to have the ball in his hands enough. Kate Cunningham is the clear lead right. lead guy there when he's on the floor, and Ivy can do a lot in transition. He can be a complimentary player. I actually liked his off ball game a fair amount at Purdue, but generally speaking, if there are players who play a lot of minutes and have the ball in their hands or are on a good team, you know, the kind of the the boost that Scotty Barnes got last year, they're they're going to be there. So like I think like if I could make a bet that J- Jaden Ivy was going to be first team all rookie i would do it but seven to one to win the award to have the best case i'm a, I, i'm a little lower on that yeah I, I agree with you i mean like i don't think he's going to be the guy uh for this team so which is kind of like where i mean i, I think this is all going to turn on Cade cunningham and Cade's going to be the face of it so you know maybe Cade is a good it's uh, i don't have the odds for most improved but Cade the most improved might actually be interesting it, it could be i mean i personally don't the the only exception was Luca, I generally don't think I don't consider second year players eligible for it in my mind, but I know voters disagree with that just because rookies yeah. rookies have so many other adjustments and everything else. This is why you, you, we talked before about the strength of the East, and and this is where you really get to see it. Where the fourth weakest projection in the Eastern Conference is the Washington Wizards at thirty five and a half. They won 35 games last year, despite Bradley Beal missing a lot of the season. They had the differential of a 31-and-a-half win team, so they outperformed their differential a fair amount. But as I mentioned, Bradley Beal only played half the season. Hachimura missed a bunch of time as well, but we'll see where he actually fits in the rotation. Uh, Danny, Danny also missed a bunch of time, too. Yeah, he did, too. And so the other big consideration here for me with the Wizards is, so in normal times— Especially in a year with a highly like, regarded draft class. To be clear, the line is thirty-five and a half. Yes, 35 and a half. thirty-five and a half. You would say, okay, I, you and I both probably think of this. This is a pretty well set line. Like this is this around is, their talent level. 
Yes, this is so, this line. This line is 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 rock solid. This so, is a rock solid line. So in a normal circumstance, you, I, I would be even. I would be going under, and I'd probably be seriously considering the bet because. Teams, teams in the like kind of in the thirties, like if if a player gets hurt or something goes wrong, but two two big factors. One, the Wizards they aren't a strong team, but they are a deep team in the sense that they have a lot of players that are similar quality. So especially on kind of the front court line with Porzingis and Gafford and Kuzma and Hashimura and Denny Avdia. And like they can go, and they have Will Barton now. Like they could go in a lot of different directions there. I mean, they they have shooting. They have kind yeah. of guys who can kind of run. They have, yeah. have guys. That, they're actually it, like they're, they're they're if they're if they'll they're, 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 they're and they were this last year. They're going to be a fun league pass team. They sure. might you know they they might not be an elite yeah. team. But they're going to be and, fun. And they added Monte Morris, and like they have guys in the backcourt too. And also they have an owner in Ted Leonsis who likes to win in this range. So it is not yeah. a circumstance like most teams where if they're at if they're at you know I, we talked about this just now with the with the pistons and stuff where it's like if they're at this sort of a pace 60 games in that they'll be like well we might as well just maximize our traffic i don't think that's going to be what they would do so i'm going to go under here but i'm going to fade it i'm going to go over fade um and, and i get it i'll explain my logic because i do think this is a team i can this team is this team going to be competing for the play in the last week of the season my i think they are uh, they have a good they have a good shot at it i mean unless the bar is really high because like well well we mentioned that the wizards have the fourth lowest over under they're right in this range and you know somebody's going to get hurt like it could be the wizards but there are yeah, 11 mean, teams above them in the projections this team, but this is the first team where i'm like even if some people get hurt on this team, it's not like we're in a situation where like it's it, it's terrible for them. So you said under fade, right? Yes, I said under fade. You said over fade, yes, it, and over we're pro- fade. we're probably think, pretty close. Like you know, I mean, I think I think I think the line is perfectly set. I think the trick is this team is going to be competing for the play, and there's going to be a bunch of teams that aren't going to be competing uh, all around. So they'll beat those teams, right? So and I can totally see the Wizards having like a two week run where they like win all their games and like it just you know it again they they, they can get hot and and and, and the other percent- the other big consideration here if they're close is I could see them winning a bunch of games late in the season when other teams are tanking when yes, yes. they're you know they're facing the Pistons or they're facing the Thunder and it's like oh that team wants to lose the Wizards are at worst losing ambivalent maybe they actively want to win and they just pick up you know an extra three wins at the end of the season and and do it so I, I think that's a fair consideration they're, you know, you're the, talk, you, you, you may be talking me into betting this team. Um, interesting. Well, I'm, yeah, for, I, I'm way more confident in the fade than I am the over or the under, personally. The trick on this team is going to be that, like, so I, I'm not going to do it, but, but if somebody's thinking about it, here's the thing. You bet the over and you, what you do is you watch, you watch that last week of the season or the last two weeks of the season, because what I'm thinking is this team will be around 30, they'll be at 34 wins at some point, 34, 35, 36 with like maybe three games left and you can hedge it out by betting those single game <laughs> interesting i i don't i'm not going to factor this in too much they don't play too many teams that i expect to tank in their in april so like it, but, but i mean i think the tanking teams might start in march or maybe february so it could be a lot a lot longer yeah, there I, I think 
I think that they're they're an interesting team. I'm going to fade them, and I understand why I'm fading them. But yeah. like, if it might be fun if you're a Wizards fan to bet the over yeah. on this. And again, if you're doing that, then what you need to keep in mind is keeping track of those division games because those division games are going to be key. I could totally see myself in like you know some weird stuff happens, and I'm hyping the 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 Wizards odds to win the South the Southeast. So weird. Um, you know, I could see them winning like 42 games in a in in the best. Case yeah. but I, I think I think the Heat are better than that, and the Hawks could yes, be. So, yes. I like, mean, yes, I mean, yeah. But I think that, like, do we like the MVP? No, I don't think we like no. MVP. We don't. And and like I, I don't love Johnny Davis personally. Like, I don't love him as a prospect. So he's at like what, uh, like sixty uh, a six and a, a sixty five to one, roughly. So, um, Johnny Davis is hold on, looking rookie of the year. Um, he is thirty to one. No, no, sixty five to one. Yeah, yeah, sixty five to one. I, I, I don't think he's going to play enough. I don't think he's personally. I don't think he's good. So, I, I, I'm, I'm not on that. If you, I, I think if you're a Wizards optimist, just bet they're over instead. Exactly. I mean, I think. Do we like their division odds at all? What, what is their, what, what are their division odds? So the division odds for the Wizards are uh let me check real quick it is 30 to 1 i don't i don't love that i i you know the heat are still there i think the heat are going to be a good team yeah i mean there's three teams and even the hornets i mean there's three teams in front of them that like 30 to 1 is not quite too rich it's too no no yeah Okay, so let's speaking move. of the Hornets, yeah, let's let's go to Charlotte. And so, uh, this was this was maybe. Do you agree with me? This was maybe the most surprising line. Like I had thought. So my thought had been for a while, and there'll be another team that this comes up in the Eastern Conference where I'm like, they're going to set this line because the Hornets won 43 last year. They're going to set this line at like 43, and I'm going to go under. Instead, it's 30. It's 34. Five and a half, if you want. So it's thirty-five and a half or thirty-six and a half. So basically, it's thirty-six games, whether you want to go over or under. So it's either thirty-six or over, or thirty-six and under. That's just stunningly low. Yeah, I mean, we have the model has the Hornets going over every like every time. Uh, historically, I was looking at like the Hornets go over about sixty percent of the time. So there's slight bias against them uh, against small market team. There's going to be some small bias. I, you know. I, this line is too low. I mean, like I, there, there are good players on this roster, right? Uh, I mean, if you're betting the under, you kind of think that like Lamelo's going to get hurt or something because Lamelo's like really good. So if Lamelo's playing and and you've got uh, Rogier and the other, you know, over like this, you know, Hayward is I don't love, didn't love him, but he's okay. I mean, like there's 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 good players on this team. It yeah. feels like this, this is a way too low line. I'm, it it I'm, is. I'm, so for me. I'm I'm an over on this. It's just the choice of whether you bet or you fade. And the argument in favor of betting is that this is a pretty good team, even without like my base assumption is that Miles Bridges will not play in a game for the Hornets this year. Um, but even without him, like they have McDaniel's, they have Ubre, they have yeah, PJ not, Washington. Like I'm and, not protecting any minutes for Miles. Bridges, yes, exactly. So, like, so myself or Kevin Pelton. So yes, yeah, like we agree on that, right? And I so, don't, actually like this is the first team of all the teams we've discussed where I don't have a little tanking icon with them. Uh, I don't think they. I mean, they do own their pick, but they don't own a. It's like it's it's partially protected if memory serves. But uh, what, I believe they, it's one sixteen. But like even then, I don't think yeah, that, that doesn't change your yeah. I don't think they're gonna wind up in the in the bottom six of the league, right. I don't think there's any chance the team winds up in the bottom six unless and, like, yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be injuries. And like, I'm, I'm still not a huge believe in their defense, but they brought in Steve Clifford, and while 
I would have been more excited about Kenny Atkinson, who looked like they were originally going to hire. Clifford has a pretty good track record of raising his defense's floor. So like, they're probably not going to be abysmal here. He does some conservative stuff that can actually work pretty well. And depending on who they're playing at center and when, like some of that stuff could be all right. And so like, so for me, this is, I'm pretty confident in the over here. It's just whether it's a play or a fade. And part of the reason (laughs) why I think I want to fade this, I'm going to fade it, is because they, without bridges, they become more shallow. Like, I, I still think their depth is okay, but it's just like he was their second or third best player last year, and they lost him without replacing him. So things could shift a little bit, but I totally respect other people betting this. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm gonna. You said you said overfade, right? I'm overfade. Yes. Yeah, I'm over. I'm over. Gonna, I'm, I'm over, and I'm gonna bet it. I, nice. I, I, I think again, it's just like it's it's because it's thirty five and a half, and I think this team is significantly better than thirty five and a half. I think that like with Lamelo and kind of Rogier and kind of competitive coaching. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 a team that like they're, they're also again. Are there are there eight teams in the league that they should beat? Every, yes, there are at least eight teams in the league that should beat every night. They're going to be better with some of the others. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think if the line was set at thirty eight and a half or thirty nine and a half, I'd be completely different. Sorry, but thirty five and a half, I'm like, yeah, they're better than the the teams we've dis- I mean, they're better than the teams we've discussed. And yeah, I mean, I I believe that they're uh, they're good enough to kind of beat this number i mean they're they're definitely going to be i think they're definitely going to be in the playing kind of conversation right uh you know looking at it there you know we've got them you know i i'm seeing them like again this is one of those situations like the worst worst case scenario i see them like it you know 37 wins late and then you're kind of looking at that april schedule and see if they have enough wins to get there or like sorry 34 wins late and you're looking to see if they have that but i but but i actually think this is a situation where like you're betting 35 and a half in the over and you're probably safe like you know with a week and a half left in the season right i don't think that they're gonna be uh that far out do we like any of their other odds rookie of the year would presumably be mark williams I, it doesn't look like he's gonna play enough to justify yeah. that so you don't look there uh how are their division odds uh division odds 14 to no the best is 16 to 1 that's that's not rich enough for me like i, I like the hornets but i don't see them as like a 48 win team or something like that uh let's see um yeah i mean we got two teams in front of them that like are going to win in that range so it would take about them to win 48 games sim wise let's see i even in their best case scenario they're gonna they, you know we haven't finishing like three i mean a couple games out in that conference so i don't love 14 to like i mean i don't love like 14 to one um and i don't think they're going anywhere in the playoffs so like you know i, I mean less like lamello takes a gigantic leap now do you like is lamello listed for i doubt he's listed for like uh for no he's not listed for mvp and i wouldn't they're, i don't think they're going to be good enough i mean yeah it would be it, it would be great. I, I'm I'm a Lamelo believer overall, but that would be that would be a lot to ask of yeah, him. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that like we're we're in a situation where like that's not the the, the case. Plenty more with Arturo Galetti, but first a message from BetOnline.ag. Football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You will always find the latest football odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores giveaways all season long. 
It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag and use the CLNS50 promo code to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is CLNS50. Use that to receive your rewards at BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, Okay, so next team. uh, One of the all-time favorites for betting the under, the New York Knickerbockers. New York Knickerbockers, large market team. They've they've hit the under 70% of the time, and typically markets about three and a half wins too high on them. I actually do think... We're getting to a situation where, like, that's not the case. That's a fib thing because, like, they're projected at – we've got the Knicks at 38-and-a-half uh, is the uh, over-under. The model is about 40, and it's slightly on the over with fade. It's, I think – yeah, no, it's the second fade. They had the they had the fade on the Wizards, too. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, um, the thing with Tibbs, right, even when I'm looking at the projections from Kevin and from the fantasy sites, is I, I, I always look at them and go, like I think they're underestimating how much Thibs is going to play these guys like on a game game basis. He will play his best players, and he will kind of get as much out of his rotation as he can. I don't think he has like he doesn't have a fantastic roster at his disposal, but he is going to play the hell out of it. I kind of like Brunson a little bit. Um, um, I can't. I, I mean, do you, I think Randall can't be as bad as he was last year? You know, and they're you know Mitch Robs okay. There's some guys on the team that are okay. I mean, I don't love some of the guys. Like, I'm not a huge Barrett fan, but, like, he's serviceable. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like, they're definitely the worst team in the Atlantic. The Atlantic is the, you know, they're playing in the toughest conference in probably the, well, let's call it the second toughest. Well, second, arguably. second, second toughest to me. The the, I, the, the Pacific is stronger. Yeah, Atlantic or Pacific are like, you know, we, we can talk about that, but like, yeah, but. Um, yeah, but but so so here's the thing with the Knicks. Like, I, I was surprised the line was this low because they're a very public team, and they you know they played at about this level last year. They had the you know they they won 37, but 37. they had, they had yeah. the differential of a 41 win team, and they did like so. Derrick Rose and Nerlens Noel missed a lot of the season, and that hurt them. But their a lot of their other guys were just really healthy. You know, like they got a lot they got a lot from Randall and Barrett, Mitch Rob. Surprisingly, when he's missed time in other years, and they added Jalen Brunson, and they. Didn't really give up a ton to make it happen. Burks, Noel, and Kemba, and Kemba had already been replaced in the rotation. So I was surprised to see it this low. But what makes me so I, I think over is a, a totally reasonable decision here. But why I'm a fade and not a play is this old thing you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. Hasn't come as much so far. Is how like so for me to be, feel good about an over for a kind of a mid range team. What I'm looking for is a team that I think, oh, yeah, they could absolutely win five games more than this projection. And the Knicks could. Like, 38, 38 and a half is low enough that they could win 43 games like 40, this year. 43, Yeah, like, they could. Like, I, I think that is a distinct possibility. And, but I don't think it's, like, likely or, like, oh, it's a no-brainer or anything like that. I think this is a well-set line. So I'm going to go over fate. Um, Jesus. Um, I'm. I mean, I, I have a hard time not agreeing with you on this one because I do think Tibbs will play hard. Do we think there's a scenario where this team tanks? 
possibly, but they're pretty deep. So like, I think they're. I think the problem for the Knicks tanking is that they're two things. Their floor is relatively high because they can mm-hmm. they can withstand injuries. They have no rookies, by the way. They're, yeah, they're yeah, not- and they also um so so they they're they're kind of floor is high and their team is deep enough that they don't really have the like let's say and this would probably be by firing Thibodeau during the season. They don't really have the, oh, okay, we're going to try to be bad now. Let's play all our bad guys. Like, the Knicks don't really have that part of their roster because that's the underrated part of tanking is, like, how weak are your 11th to 15th? And the Knicks 11th to 15th are actually pretty good. Well, here's the thing. I was actually just thinking about this. If we think about the five teams we've already talked about, the Pacers, the Magic, the Pistons, the Wizards, and the Hornets, they all have a better player than the Knicks. Yeah, I uh, uh I I think that's true, but the Knicks have like they have they can play five capable rotation players. Like it's a bunch of it's a bunch of it's a bunch of guys in the in the in like either the first or toughest division in in the in a, in a tough conference. And I know teams are tanking, and they'll beat the teams that are tanking because that's the way Thibs is. But this team has a very much of that. Like what? Who's their, like Brunson is their best player, maybe. And yeah, probably Brunson. Yeah, I mean, unless you think, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm looking at it like really, it is a team lacking any sort of star. So I, I think the majority of Knights' team is not going to have the best player on the floor. So I'm over. Uh, do I want to go over or under on this team? Um, I'm going to go over fade. I'm not just going to disagree with the models, and I understand why, and I understand it's a team thing that's competitive, but I don't see it in this team. They don't have a guy, you know, unless like RJ Barrett all of a sudden is a completely different player than he's been the last five years or last three or four years. Um, I don't see it with this team, right? I'm, I'm looking at this team and going like, okay, like who do I want to watch? Who's exciting? Who's the best player? Who's going to like outplay or have a fantastic night? I'm not seeing that guy. Uh, and you know, they, they you know, that, that's that's why I'm fading. And I thought about the under, but like I, I respect Thibs too much to go under, even though it's the Knicks and typically they're overrated. I think this line is set perfectly fine i think their team is also just kind of too good for that so i i wouldn't expect it to happen and we can move on to another public team though their over under doesn't reflect that as much and that is the chicago bulls paralleling to an extent um the a couple teams we've talked about already most notably the hornets like this this line was just set lower than i expected because the bulls had some of the classic trademarks oh, they wait 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 but you heard the news right you mean lonzo lonzo's gone and i and, mean for for a while yeah so that that's a real no, concern no basically right now from the the news that's being projected uh, I think Kevin Pel- Pelton had him at 540 minutes. I have him at zero. Like basically from like reading the, the I, I don't think he's playing. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a while. I'll put it that way. And so, but so here's here's why I was surprised by the Bulls line. They won. Uh, by the way, the line is 42 and a half. Yes, uh, it's no, for, it's 42 either way. So no, it's, you no, go, it's a 40, 41, 41 and a half for the over. There's right, but so it's 42 and over or 42 and under. Like so, you can kind of you, that's that's uh, that's how I like to think about it when it's set this way. Um, so the Bulls last year, they won 46 games. And you're like, oh, man, team won 46 games. DeRozan was awesome. Zach Levine was was hurt a lot of the year, was dealing with this knee issue, doing that. But they had the differential. They were outscored by opponents using cleaning the glasses garbage time filter. So you're like, oh, man, like you could, could go on the under. And then they set this pretty low. But... As you mentioned, Lonzo is going to be out a lot of the year, and my frequent podcast partner Nate Duncan uses the ensemble term concept, and that's a lot of how the Knicks defend. Or sorry, the Bulls defend last year. It's actually kind of how the Knicks defend too. 
Um, but so the Bulls without Lonzo, like that puts a lot more on Alex Caruso. That puts a lot more on Iota Sunmu and Javante Green and a lot of these guys. And it's like there are reasons like this is a lower line at 42 than I expected for them. And there are reasons to believe in the over. But I'm going under. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm I, I was under last year. I'm under this year. I thought they they. Obviously, I think Lonzo is really important. I think without Lonzo, you said it, it puts a lot of pressure on Caruso. Caruso misses any time, and this defense collapses. There's some, there's some, there's some tomato cans on this team in terms of of defense. I mean, I like Zach Levine. Let, 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 let's give him some credit. I like him, but like Demar and, and Bucevic aren't necessarily great defenders. And it, this is a delicate house of cards with the team. I kind of feel the under. Uh, whether I'm going to bet it or not is another question. Um, yeah, God, 42 and a, like, so I'd have to like say that they're going to, I'm going to go under play. I'm going to bet this one because I do think like, again, I think, I think DeMar DeRozan had, had, had his career season last year. I don't think that holds. I think not having Lonzo, Lonzo's a very good, like Lonzo's a guy who moves the ball around and kind of like helps kind of these teams kind of maximize kind of what they have. And I think not having them there just makes this team much less attractive. And the conference is really, really tough. So I'm, 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 I mean, I was a pessimist for them last year. I'm like even more of a pessimist this year because they don't have the guys I like. Um, and go ahead. I'm going to fade because I think Zach Levine is on line for a better year this year. I think it's, it's a hard thing to calibrate when a player is playing, but not right physically. And I think he's going to take a boost and that could help mitigate some of the DeRozan risk. Like, as you mentioned, he had a career year last year. You and I both don't love Vooch and Drummond is a capable backup. I don't think he's going to supplant him at all. But I, I like some of the depth players for them. I think Donovan's done a reasonable job as their coach, even if I think some of the defensive gains last year were on shaky footing. So it's mostly Levine, though. Levine is the reason that I'm going to fade this instead of play it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bet it all because I'm looking at the conference and I'm looking at where they set the line. The models are 34 and a half for this team, and basically, I, I get why it's a 35 because there are some really precarious underpinnings for this Bulls team. That I mean, again, I think they, they, they had a, they have a, you know, Caruso and Lonzo are guys who kind of like make things around them better. Uh, if you take ball, ball out, then basically you're down to Caruso and if you take Caruso uh, like if Caruso misses any time then there's a lot of risk so there's a lot of risk to this team and I actually like do think that like that's why I'm under bet on this team mm-hmm. um, uh, do we no I don't think do we like anything I don't think we do no. right? well, typically when you go under you don't and they don't have a rookie or anything like that so, yeah, so. yeah there, there's no there, nothing there to pick right I think we go to the Atlanta Hawks another basically even on the markets 45 and a half uh, the model is projecting them at 47 uh uh, and it's it's four to two on the over, so it is over, but it is a fade. So the line's pretty well set. Like uh, you, you're basically um, taking them. You know, they you'd be taking them to win forty six, forty seven. That's kind of where the model thinks they are. Um, and looking at their roster, I see. Well, I mean, there's players on this teams that on this team that I like, but some of them have been guys who haven't necessarily been able to stay healthy. Capella, Capella. I love Capella, but Capella necessarily hasn't kind of like stayed on the floor. Um, and they have some nice pieces. I love Trey, and I love that. 
but, you know, could we see them winning 50 games? Could you see the Hawks winning 50 games in this Eastern Conference? It'd be hard. And, I mean, that's they have the, the argument there is that they have a top five offense, maybe even the number one offense, and that they, because um, Trey is awesome. And then their defense is, I don't know, league average, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit above that. And remember, they, they weren't that far off of that standard a couple of years ago. That was in an abridged, an abridged season, so we didn't get to see the whole, like, kind of translation stuff there. But... Because they had, um, so the, it, yeah, and so in 2020 slash 21, when they made the conference finals, they had the differential of a 47 win team over 82 games. So it was a shortened season, but it was a, a 47 win. So like that, that part of it and get there. But one of my big concerns for the Hawks, so I have two, I have two here. So one well-set line, I'm a fade here more than an over yes. or an under. Um, but why I'm going under is two things. One is I, I'm concerned about the whole being less than the sum of the parts where like DeJounte Murray, good basketball player, but a part of what he did was like generating and making more mid-range shots than we expected for the Spurs last year. Yeah. That is just not a useful skill when Trey Young is on the floor and he's not a great off-ball shooter. He is improved, but still not great in those respects. And his defense has taken a step back. He's still destructive, but has taken a step back over the last couple of years as Murray's offensive role has increased. It happens to almost everybody. And so, like, how does that all fit together? And the underrated part of what happened, Travis Lank, you know, brought in Murray, and that's a high-end addition. They lost a lot of depth. Like, so they lost... These aren't the greatest players in the league, but they lost Kevin Herter. They lost Gallinari, who ended up getting hurt, but they still had him last year. I was going to say, like... I, you got to respect the Hawks for adding pieces that are kind of underrated, but are like, you know, they added Cabela, they added, now they added Murray, they've kept some of the guys around. Yeah. So I, I respect that at the top, like the, at the very top of the card, they've actually improved the talent in their roster, even if they've lost some depth. So I respect, like, this is not me kind of dissing the Hawks. I like what they've done. I actually think they're going to win more than, like, the projection. I just don't feel like I could bet it because I think the line is well set, right? If the line was 43 and a half, I'd be like, yes, bang the over on the Hawks. But like, eh." (laughs) I'm like, I could totally see them go like winning 44 games and 43 games because it is, I mean, it is the Eastern conference is murder at the top. And like you talked about them not being a great defense. There's a bunch of great defenses. We're going to talk about like, and and a bunch of great offenses too. I'm looking at the list of teams that are remaining in the East and going like, wow, great defense, great defense, great defense. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, it's not – it's no shame on them. Um, so, I mean, this is why I'm overfade. I mean, I like the team. I think they do have potential. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of are – better than we expect but there's some fragility in the roster you mentioned they lost some depth and they have some players that have gotten hurt before like they missed time so i'm like yeah i'm i'm there's enough risk there that i'm like overfade yeah i'm underfade for almost exactly the same reasons this is a well-set line we're not that far in terms of our difference of opinion here it's a lot like the wizards incidentally same division that we talked about before where it's like it's a slight difference in evaluation here but that's why over-unders are fun, is that we will see yeah, who gets plus, close to the pin. They're plus money to win. Uh, I actually kind of, by the way, I kind of I could actually see them winning 44 games and winning the Southeast because Southeast is weird. If Miami has some injury issues or Miami has some, there's a lot of older players on Miami. So, like, if that's a situation, then I honestly feel like this is the first division line where I think plus 180 is something you throw some money at. Uh, because 
and again, this isn't. It's because it, it, it's independent of where the line is set. I think if the Hawks win 44, 45 games, they're they're in it till the end of the season with the Heat in in a, in a lot of scenarios. What well, scenarios with the Heat basically go run away with it? But I think the Heat the Heat are an older team, so there is like real kind of weakness where like I could see both these teams like the Heat and the Hawks winning forty five games, and it coming down to the last couple games well, of the season. The the other reason to be interested in the Hawks division odds, even as somebody who just picked their under, is because I don't really think that the teams below them are going to push too far past. Like, I could see the Hornets and the Wizards winning in the low 40s. Absolutely. Could totally yes. see that. But I think, the, I think the Hawks are better than the, the three other three teams. In this exactly. Game. And so so that means that you're probably competing with one other team, and there's some variance with the Heat. I was impressed with their depth last year. We'll talk about them at length in, in a few minutes. But, yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. The Hawks do not have a Rookie of the Year candidate, and I don't think they're going to, like, title, so, so we title both, odds don't matter here. So we both, we both like that 180. I'm intrigued. I will put it that way. Division. I'm going to say like uh, the Hawks division odds. If you want to play, like, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk about it. There's like you can make these prop bets where you put all the division winners on it and get yourself like a plus like fifty like a like a five hundred to one line. And the Hawks are an interesting kind of like if you wanted to throw like you know twenty dollars on a fun bet, the Hawks might actually be there. And again, as I say, I think the I think do you agree with the statement? The Hawks will have a chance to win the Southeast like with like three weeks left in the season. I think so. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think that, and I think that if that given the case, if you're getting plus money on a team you think is going to be competitive in a division, generally, and when I say plus money, I mean like if you bet a hundred and you, you're winning more than a hundred back, um, then yeah, if you're getting if you're getting plus money on a team like that, then you think about it. And I think the Hawks are clearly one of the top two teams in the division, and there is a chance for them thirty percent, thirty five percent for them to win that division. So yeah, plus one eighty is a decent bet. And the Hawks don't have a rookie for rookie of the year. I don't think they're they're not good enough for title odds. So we don't need to get into all that. So we can move on to the Toronto Raptors, which the, is the Raptors are the team that is the most hated by the historical odds. They've won the over versus the Vegas totals ninety percent of the time over the last ten years that have paid out, and they're typically underrated by the model. Sorry, by the Bay by Vegas by Vegas by about four wins. Yes, uh, their line is set as uh, the over is forty five and a half, the under is forty seven and a half. Uh, the model has them projected at 48, and it is a slight under and a fade. Um, so, so that's interesting. You don't it. you don't need to get all the way under the hood, but so if the model is going, because if you can cash at 46. Right. Is that is that because the there's model disagreement? Yeah, there's there, there there's some there's some uh, flex because like so the best the two best cases scenario of like the optimus scenarios so the Raptors have them winning 50, 54 games, uh, and the worst case has them at forty five. So it is like basically the model thinks that they're going to be even the worst case scenario is within like shouting margin at forty five and a half. And so even though the model is under fade here. I'm actually over and I'm comfortably bet on the Raptors because I do think they they had a, a rough year last year. They they had some freak injuries, but they have some real talent now. Like if you look at their top five, they have some real talent. And this is a very well-coached team. This is kind of like the Miami situation in the sense of they're a very coached team, professionally close coached team. They're typically underrated by kind of the model. The, all the weirdness on the travel, I think, is actually kind of going away. So I'm, I'm comfortably on the over on this team. I actually think like, yeah, this is an over bet and this is one of the easier over bets for me on the board given their historical record i mean i, I think that like you know i think this team is going to win 46 46 like you know they're going to win 48 games probably because it's it's the raptors and that's just who they are right 
it's interesting because the Raptors, like last year, they won 48. The differential was right in that area. And they were pretty healthy other than OG and Anobi missing about like 40 or 35 games, something in that range. Oh, they added um, Otto Porter Jr. too. Yeah. They added Otto Porter. They, I mean, so I'm a believer in not only their defense, but I'm a believer in Nick Nurse as a coach. Yes. And Nick Nurse... It'll be less extreme this year because I think he'll trust his bench players more with Wancho and, and Porter and some of the young guys developing. I like Delano Banton a fair amount, actually. Um, so I think he'll be able to do that and, and be able to like rely a little bit more on those guys. In Toronto last year, like they were only 10th in defense. I think they could be better than that this year. I'm still not all the way there on their offense. Like they were 16th last year, and I think they could be maybe like, and and they didn't have a great half court offense in particular. So I'm definitely a fade on this. I'm really torn between the under and the over. Like I think this is a and the funny thing is there's so much middle ground between like 45 and a half and 47 and a half. Like yeah. I think I think there's a chance that they that if you bet it at the right place they they both hit, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you could win. Yes, you could definitely win the over and the like. I think that the Raptors winning forty six or forty seven games definitely eminent, eminently reasonable. And yeah, and so, I the reason why I'm going to go under is not so much about me not believing in the Raptors. It's me believing in the other teams here more. And just like you can absolutely, there can be a year where six teams win 48 games it can happen like there are if there are enough bad teams and there are no, and the good teams are good enough like you can kind of kill out the middle class and um and do it but the i, I don't think it's going to be that kind of year personally like i think i i like some of this like mid-tier in the east a little bit too much and so at a portion i'm betting that the raptors are just a little bit weaker but it's it's a close call for me i i, I, yeah. I you there's so many things here that i like but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go under fade yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm also kind of relying on the fact that like Vegas historically is underrated by about four wins, and I see it and I understand it because they're a Canadian team. And if I look at their roster, right, this is a better roster. I think this is a better roster than any team we've looked at so far. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Yeah, and it's a it's a better coach team than any team that we've looked at so far. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so so given that, I know the top of the East is crazy, but given this, given the amount of teams that are going to be tanking, see that's this is here's the other thing. Any team that is tanking that goes to play Toronto is going to get killed, right? Sure. There's a bunch of teams that are just going to get murdered by Toronto. So I do think that once we start getting into these upper ranges, you have to kind of consider. That. And even though they're playing in the Atlantic, when they're, they're going to be playing a bunch of Western teams that they're just going to run through. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the over for this team. And I think just because of the reasons I listed, it's a little hard to kind of account for the fact that there's like, you know, six teams that I think are like not going to be playing to win. But I think this is one of those teams that like if you're coming in and you're not trying to win, you're going to get run off the court. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm good with the bet on the Raptors. I think we get to another like a team that was um, – Darling, last year they, they they beat the they think they, they were great at beating the spread last year because they're way better than like the than their expectations. But then they kind of faded. People got hurt at the end. They cost me some money because like the immobile didn't win the rookie of the year. But like the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers won forty four games last year. Uh, and their over under is set at forty seven and a half, uh, basically across the board. The model has them at forty three. Their model's actually like hardcore against the. Uh, 
the Cavaliers this season. Um, and I'm and I'm hardcore for them. I, I'm a believer in the Cavs. I think that their defensive foundation is strong with Mobley and Jarrett Allen. Yes. Part of why they faded out last year was because they had a lot of guys that were hurt at the same time, which counts. I mean, guys can be hurt. You know, they weren't. The Cavs were a relatively healthy team overall. It was just that. I mean, depending on how you want to count Colin Sexton, because it's a, Colin Sexton's a guy who got hurt and actually helped them. The fact that they mm-hmm. moved him, went out and got Donovan Mitchell is actually good. And I think right. one of the key things with Donovan Mitchell is you're putting Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell in probably a perfect situation for him because if you have Mobley and Garland and Jared Allen and the the other guys they have on this team, they have a very like they have guys and actually Ricky Rubio's healthy too. They have a bunch of guys who can kind of protect him and he doesn't have yeah. to be primary defender in any situation. Well, yeah. That's going to be really good for him. And not only that, but the Cavs with Garland and Mitchell and then Mobley Allen and then they have other defensive talent on this team. What my kind of like my vision of it, we don't know exactly how Bickerstaff's going to run the rotation, is like they should have a pretty good offensive foundation and a pretty good defensive foundation for all yeah. 48 minutes. And that's something that I really love. And like Donovan Mitchell, I, he's he's an imperfect player. And like I, as he's put up counting stats, had that crazy series against the Nuggets a couple of years ago. Like I think in some ways his fame is more is is out as outstretched as did get possession to possession value, but he is underappreciated in terms of like generating good shots for himself and others. Like the Jazz last year had great spacing. He was a part of that and like the, the team had great had great um offense when he was on the floor even without Conley. So like when he was the lead creator, yeah. like they did well. And you know, Garland last year, they had a lot of weird spacing stuff. They were playing a seven footer at the three a lot of the time. So like I They had a bunch of injuries kind of derail that season. Right. They, they did. Had, and so they had, so when they had Rubio and they're running Rubio with the two big guys and they're running like Euro style offense that team was freaking great. Like it was like it, it just like everything kind of flowed, and then they just kept losing guards, kept losing guards, and kept losing guards. And you're like, right. you know, at, at some point you, you're not even starting like NBA talent. Yeah. Actually, so one like, thing to mention is the Cavaliers historically have been an under team, but that's a little bit. <laughs> there's some the there's some LeBron in there. It's it's, a, it's LeBron, but I think the so the problem with me is is that line is too high. It's forty seven and a half, and that's too high for mm-hmm. me. I, because, I think like, I think they're winning fifty, so I'm I'm good with it. I mean, are they better than the are they better than the Hawks and the Raptors? Yes, to me they are. I don't think they're better than the Raptors. I think they're probably on a level with the Hawks. I'm going over, but fake. Okay. Like, I, I I mean I I think that I, I mean I think that they're gonna like they're gonna win like forty eight like one of the last three games of the season because and like. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I think this team is going to compete. Like, they're going to compete all season. I just don't. Th- there's a lot enough fragility on this roster. But I mean, like the upside's there. I mean, like if you told me the the, the could I see the Cavaliers winning like fifty one fifty two game? Yes, if everybody's healthy and everybody plays and Jared Allen plays full season and Evan Mobley plays full season and Ricky's available, then yeah, I mean, there's the upside. But I don't trust it enough to bet it. So I'm going to go over fade. I think you're going over bet, right? Over bet. That's okay. that's where I am with it. Um. I I do I do really like I do really like the Cavs, but they don't have an MVP candidate, and they don't really have a Rookie of the yeah. Year. Um, what are their division odds? Three and a half to one. Okay, so I mean that I mean the Bulls could have a really good season, but that's basically do the Cavs have a better season than the Bucks? I think it's definitely. I mean, if I pick them to win fifty, like fifty games is a lot to win. 
So yeah, I would can I would consider that. Like so okay, so you're you're an overfade. Does that mean that you would be more interested like if let's say you were a, you were a Cavs optimist, would you rather because of the th- better payout, would you rather take their division odds than the over under? <sighs> it's rough. So basically you're telling me do I think that like I mean the we ooh, they would need to win something like 52 games. Probably. And the Bucks would have to have some sort of like catastrophe. Um, I think their odds of winning that division are probably better than twenty five percent, thirty percent, and they're getting they're paying out they're paying out that that it's 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 not bad three and a half three and a half to one. Um, it's right about the line. I wish I was getting it at four four to one or maybe five to one. Um, I'm gonna say I I I, I like it, but I don't love it. Yeah, I, I prefer the over to the division personally because. I'd rather not bet against the Bucks. <laughs> you know, like that that'll spoil something for a little bit later, but that's just how I feel about it. Like I mean I like them. I I like I like but I don't love don't love uh the division odds on that. I wish it, it 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 would again, I wish it were higher. Like this is one of those things like if they lose a couple games early and gets to like five to one or six to one, then yeah, or like even ten to one, then I'm like I'm like, yeah, definitely I'm I'm buying that because I I'll be like unless somebody's hurt, I'll be like, Yeah, this team's good enough. Like their 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 odds of winning the division are better than like fifty seven percent. They're just not better than I think than like thirty percent which is what this is implying. Sure. Like, uh, it's a way kind of like work it backwards. And so I, the next team, by the way, do you have something else with them? Oh, no, I was just going to say this could be one that you watch in season if you're – I haven't looked at the schedules yet to see like if, yeah, there's, if, if there's a high water or low water mark for one of these two teams that maybe you try to try to hit at that point. Yeah, I mean the same thing happened last year. I mean they – for a long time it looked like they were going to like have a chance to win the division basically and then everybody – like then basically everyone died. Um, so again, I mean they won 43 – they won 44 games last year and really they could have easily won 50. So I see the – over but i also see the weaknesses they have to integrate some talent the the bucks are tough so that's why i went over fade i again if i if somebody tells me in a week that i'm getting like in, in like three weeks i'm getting the cavaliers five to one to win that division then yes i am buying that but right right now at 350 uh no i'm, I'm a no i'm a no on that um so next team is the miami heat they won 53 53 games last year they're even on historical the line for them is set at 48 and a half and 49 and a half um and the model is projecting them at 47 wins and it is under fade on them and actually i i kind of see it um you know we're we're kind of looking at a team here now where like uh, you know the the best case scenario them does have them going over like 53 but like then you're like either kind of like bouncing around or things go wrong it's kind of going on the underside because again there's there's some older players on this team you got lowry you've got butler uh with a lot of like miles on them and they've you know they play a lot of minutes so um they're also professionally coached so you know spo is i would probably say the best coach in the league arguably um and you know it's always tough even when they're kind of broken up they're going to compete and win a lot of games but you know, forty nine and a half is a high win total. I'm probably I'm under. I'm under. I, ask me later about faded play. <laughs> I'm more fade than either the over or the under. I think this is a well set line. And like Miami last year, fifty three win team, about even with their differential, and they did have some absences. Like Butler, Adebayo, Lowry, all missed about 
yeah. 20 games. So this wasn't an extraordinarily healthy team. And then they lost P.G. Tucker, didn't really replace him. But they also get Victor Oladipo, different position, still a good player that kind of gets added to the rotation. What I got really wrong about the Heat last year was that they had more depth in their rotation. Like I didn't see this Max Struess coming. Gabe Vincent had a really nice year. And they were able, you know, Struess basically replaced Duncan Robinson, was his superior overall player to him, and they still have Robinson, they still have Hero, and they're going to because he's, he signed that extension, so it's hard to trade him this year. I So so for me, like, this is a well-set line. That means I'm, I'm a fade. Why I'm seriously considering the over, I picked it with Nate, is that I'm a believer in their kind of overall talent level. I think they have enough guys that can take a step forward, but they are a pretty old team. Like, so you have Butler and Lowry that are each in their 30s, 33 for Jimmy, 36 for Kyle Lowry. So, like, and P.J. Tucker, as good as he is, I think of him more like that's more of a playoff loss than a regular season loss. And so, like, that hurts their title odds. It hurts a lot of other things to me. So... I'm going to go over fade, but as I mentioned before, I'm more confident in the fade than I am the over, so I totally respect an under bet. Yeah, so you're going over fade, and I'm going under fade. I think. Okay. No, I think, again, I think this line is very well set. Very I mean, well like, set. I could see them totally going to 49 wins. Uh, I don't like the division odds at all. It's 165, and again, I no, no. I mean, no. Uh, and so, so is it is it plus 165 or is it minus 165? Okay, minus 165. Because if it was plus, they'd be like that'd be ridiculous. They're, fa- they're favored. Uh, yeah, and uh, their conference odds are plus uh, nine to one, and the division uh, odds, and like title odds are eighteen to one. Like nine to, nine to one isn't bad, but without PJ, like this, I mean, there are some really good teams in the East. We're about to talk about them. Like they, as great as Jimmy Butler was in the playoffs last year, like I think it's it that would be you know like it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask of any team. I, I mean, I think I think the teams in front of them are all better than they yeah. were last, year. and they they made the conference finals. But I think that like and, and they could have won the conference finals if they were healthy, but they weren't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think the but the trick is, I think that you know, I think the teams in front of them are better than they were last year, and I think that kind of puts me in a situation where, like, do I mean, I I, I don't I couldn't see them going through the guys in front of them, and I probably go with Philly because Philly's always like you know Doc Rivers will always find a way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that's it. Do we like their MVP odds? No, right? No, I. I- you know, especially because their guys haven't typically like play they don't play them like 75 games or something like that so like butler we're we're seeing so like the odds for him i mean it's it's a pretty good payout it's like 55 to 1 something like that but no that would be that would be a lot. Not, miami miami's not going to play him in, miami's not going to want to play him enough to to win that and they're not going to win enough games. I mean, they're not going to win enough games. Like one of the tricks for MVP guys is that the, the guy has to, the guy has to play a lot. The guy has to put up a lot of counting stats, and his team has to win a lot, right, for him to win the MVP. And uh, Miami's yeah, going to win a lot, but he like nobody on the Heat is going to put up enough counting stats to be the MVP. So I no, I, I don't see it. Um, okay, next team, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, about neutral, they won forty four games last year, but we can agree that last year was an absolute car wreck for this team. Oh yeah, uh, it just complete utter car, car wreck. The line for them is set at forty nine and a half and fifty and a half. The models projecting them uh, at. Uh, hold on. They've got them projected 47 wins 
and it is under and bet. But let me let me talk about the caveats for this team because the projections are all over the place. Like Pelton has uh, Kevin Durant at like 1,900 minutes. I have him at like 2,300. I don't know what the rotation is going to be like for this team. I don't know who's going to be on this team. Is they're going to stick around? If they're actually going to make a trade? This is a very volatile situation. So, and obviously it's quite a down, but I do think it's still very volatile. So I'm I'm stronger on the fade here than I probably been with any other team that we've talked about. The Nets are hard because I I, I think that the you know so like there are reasons to be optimistic. They have a lot of offensive talent. I mean, with not yeah. only just Kyrie and KD, but also like there are very few teams that have this level of shooting. Joe Harris and Seth Curry, but also like they have creation. They have Patty Mills. They have all the other guys that we already mentioned. They have Simmons, who's flawed, but like in, especially in transition, can provide some offensive value. I'm very concerned about their defense. Like, I think that they not only do they have a limited number of good defenders on this team, but they also like do they have any accountability? Like, I mean, when you consider everything that happened over the last year plus, like, is are they going to like is Kyrie Irving going to get benched because he's not playing defense? Eh, probably not. So that that's a real concern for them. And like, so I, it was something I did. Um, the piece isn't out yet for the Athletic. Is I went through. And the teams, I'll I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this. So the teams that had a top five offense, and I think that's a plausible outcome for this. I don't think it's definite. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, they're obviously going to be a top five offense. But the only teams that had a top five offense that didn't win 50 games were teams that had bottom, like really bottom defenses. So it was the... um, Bottom five defenses last in the last three years, the teams that that didn't, you know, some of these were projected over 82 games because they played 72 last season's Hawks and then the Blazers in two years in a row. They were the only teams with top five offenses that didn't win that didn't have a 50 win differential. And like, I I think the Nets defense is flawed. I think the Nets defense could be kind of like overstated, overrated. Is Ben Simmons the best defender? Yeah. Probably. And they don't have the, like, theory of, you know, like the Rudy Gobert style, like, funnel everything in and he blocks a bunch of shots. Like, they don't have that kind of big. I, I like Claxton, but he's not he's not that kind of guy. They don't have Bruce Brown anymore, of course. So, like, but there's a, I mean, especially considering some of the bad teams we've talked about, like, I think the Nets defense is going to be flawed. I don't think it's going to be bottom five, personally. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is... I think I'm over... Uh, do I think this team is going to win? Like, the okay, so the model doesn't think... Even the best-case scenario has them winning 51. But again, this team is a mess. So, like, if Ben Simmons shows up and has his head on, but he doesn't look like he has his head on in the preseason games that I watch because he doesn't even want to, like, even try to shoot the ball. So... Uh, it, there's a lot of like this is like the bad like the, the there's a saying that the Malavira the bad vibes team um and the this, and the division is tough are they better like so would you say that who who do you think has a better record the, the Nets or the Raptors oof I I think I would put the Nets at over fifty percent I think the Nets have a better roster but I like the Raptors a lot too so this is the Nets I, or the Nets. I mean, their offense is just crazy good. Like if if it Nets works. Nets or the Cavaliers. So I, I'm. I'll tell you right now. I'm going over fade on the Nets. So I'm going to be in that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I thing. think. I think we're like. So the the models over under bet. I'm. You're over fade. I'm. I'm tempted to go. Like the, the coaching situation was such a mess. Like you know, <laughs> obviously, like with Adoka leaving, and then like the whole thing, and then obviously we'll talk about Adoka later. Later, but like whereas I really like that staff like two years ago and the like three years ago like last year was an utter and complete mess. 
And like it was so public and so messy, and I just don't know with this team. So I think I you said did you say underfade or overfade with uh, Brooklyn? I'm overfade. Overfade. I'm crap. Do I see this team winning? Um, God, this is this is this line is very well set because I'm like I'm struggling with it. I know I'm hard fade. Um, I'm gonna go under with this team. So, somebody, somebody has to lose these games, and I think that the and like I think the teams in, uh, but we well we're gonna we're gonna hit a lot of unders in the West. Like that's kind of like where I'm like looking at this, but like, uh, well, so I'll, I'll bring I'll bring up a point to you, Arturo, that I brought up to Nate when we did our over under podcast, which is I I run into this problem. You're right that the losses are going to come from somewhere. Where to me, generally speaking, when I've tried to pick that team and defied my own expectations, I get it wrong twice. So the idea basically being, I think this team is going to, I think they're a 50-win team, and but you're like, crap, well, maybe they're the worst 50-win team. Well, then what happens is one other team has some losses or goes under, and then I pick the Nets for the under, they go over, which was my original thought, and then I lose twice. Like So it's that it's that sort of an idea. So what I just started doing is if I believe in a team, I believe in that I'm just going to pick the over, and if I have too many overs, I'll probably get one wrong, but at least I probably won't get three, hopefully. It's messy. It's a bunch of messy guys. Oh, so like, messy. It's so messy. They don't, they're not reliable. Like, some of them got hurt. There's bad buys that threw the coach on their. I'm just, I'm just gonna stick with the under with the team. Like, like I'm trying, like you know, ask me, like I'm trying to ask myself, could I see this win winning fifth? Like, could I see this win, like this team winning fifty five? No, I can't see. Well, no, I can't see this team winning fifty five. It's too much of a fucking mess. And and part of my French, but it's like, ugh, I'm looking and going like, no. I mean, even though they've got all these guys who are talented, like like Kyrie's not engaged. Ben Simmons still looks like he's out to lunch, and you know Durant has been kind of. And he definitely wanted out. I mean, I, I still think realistically that Kevin Durant probably wants out of this team, right? Um, now they came to an agreement, but like I, I could totally—I mean, I could totally see this team like winning, four, like making some trades and winning forty, right? It's so like this is a team that, like, if I if I had to pick a candidate, might blow it up. Uh, here we go, like Brooklyn Nets—they tried. Um, they just didn't get what they wanted, but like I definitely think that it's it, it's on the table. Somebody, what if like somebody comes in and throws a bunch of first rounders for next year's draft at them for like Durant? I mean, then then yeah, you know, you you might you might be having an interesting conversation. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, like I, I think I think like there are there are a million reasons to fade this because even like even if you are positive, here's the other thing to consider about the Nets: if you are positive on Brooklyn, you might want to bet their title odds instead of betting the over under because. Because if you, depending, like, I mean, I think their defense is too weak to be a championship team, but what what are their title odds? I mean, I think, I think, I think, uh, okay, hold on. So or title, title slash Eastern Conference So their champion. futures odds, uh, Brooklyn, uh, are, hold on, let me get to, so their, the conference odds are uh, 3.6 to 1, mm. uh, division is 2.2 to 1, I don't like that, and their title odds are 16, you know what, I like their title, like, 16 to 1, really? What the hell is giving me 16 to 1 on the Nets? God, if you can get 16 to 1 on the Nets to win the title, then like throw a little bit on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I like their I, I like their title. Like, here's the thing: like, if they figure it out enough to win the conference, like if they if if the Nets figure it out enough to win the conference, they're winning the title, <laughs> right? Like, if you if you if you if you think that if they figure it out enough to win the conference and you're holding sixteen one going into the finals, you are sitting pretty. Because you that, can at least you can at least hedge it out and do pretty well. You're gonna you're gonna win some money if you if you're if you're holding the Nets sixteen to one and they they get to the finals. 
you are winning some money because you're hedging that thing out and you're you're guaranteeing. So like, yeah, you know what? I like I like the Nets at 16 to 1. I like 16 to 1 to win the title because at that point I could see them figuring it out. You know, in a, in a short series, some things happen. Then yeah, yeah, I could I could see it. Like let's say they get to a conference final against Philly, then like you're you're if you're holding the Nets at 16 to 1 and they're in a conference final against Philly, you are so happy. Um, Philly slander. Um, okay. Uh, the so, la- the last thing we have to discuss with them is MVP Kevin Durant, their most no. likely candidate. He's at 10 to 1. I, I don't. I don't. They, like if 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 Kevin Durant plays enough to be in the MVP conversation, people should be fired. He should like you. You're trying to you're trying to get him healthy to the play. You're not. You shouldn't play him that many minutes. I mean, I no. no. I, I love get- I love KD. I think he could be the most valuable per minute player in the league. I, he was for me at a period of time last year. I don't think he's going to play enough games. Like if this was twenty to one, or if you, there's a point where you could get it, like assuming it's not injury based, at twenty or twenty five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's an assumption here that he might get moved. But even if he gets moved, uh, like I mean, by the way, do you like their the title? Off sixteen one too. Yes, if you could get it that high, I wouldn't throw like all yeah, of your I'm money on it, but I would line, throw some. It, it, I'm seeing that that line might be a weird line or something. Yeah, but I would I'll, say I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll this right now: if it was if it was ten by the way, ten to one, I wouldn't do yeah. it. Twelve, I'd be interested, loosely right. interested. That, that, I think that's that, that's what I'm saying. Like if I can get it sixteen to one, I'm like yes, go ahead and do it. Um, because I that's like that's that's because I know why it would be there, and they're messy, messy, messy. So yeah, I would I would I would like that sixteen one because there's a lot. Of hedge opportunities on that um so moving on the philadelphia 76ers who i've slandered a little bit um they're actually like slightly historically they're slightly on the over there's no bias on them their line is set at 50 and a half and 51 and a half the model actually likes them it is 53 it has them over uh there's some space there so like it's about uh it's over but fade with them um so i think like looking at philly we have them anywhere from 51 to 54 yeah, and and Philly like so the last year. Remember, they got James Harden midway through the season. He replaced functionally Ben Simmons, though. Also, of course, they won, Seth Curry. They, they won fifty-one games last year. Yeah, so like and, and is- with with less with less Harden, they also added depth that I like in PJ Tucker and Daniel House and DeAnthony Melton, who I really really like. And that gives Doc Rivers more options. They don't have to lean as heavily on some of the guys that they already had. And there are plenty of flaws with the Sixers. To me, the biggest question is just going to be, I mean, Joel Embiid played 68 games last year. Can If he plays, to me, if Joel Embiid plays 60 or more, honestly, maybe even 55 or more, I feel good about this over. But you never you never know if that's a guarantee. I mean, Embiid has missed a lot of time. The 68 was a career high for him. So, like you, I'm with the over. Are you debating fader fader bet like I am? Um, no. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go over bet. And again, the, well, the logic is simple. There's a lot of crappy teams that are not gonna be trying. And and Doc Doc, as much as I'm, we'll talk about his limitations. But like, as much as I don't like Doc. I think that uh, as a regular season coach, he's fine. So I'm, I'm, I'm like over. I'm bad on this. I think like clearly. I mean, could I see this team winning 58, 60 games? Yes. Yeah, I could see the Sixers winning sixty games. Um, Wait, here's a wild thing about this. Also, so last year we talked about that the the Sixers won fifty one. They had the differential of a forty nine and a half win team. They weren't top ten in either offense or defense. They were close in both. I could see them being top ten in both this year. Like that's no, it, I, they, they were they won fifty one games and it was a it was like it was a total chaos season. It was. So I think and they they have more balance. They have guys. I like Max. He's like they they have some depth. 
you know, they added like Montezo Harrell. I like Montezo Harrell. There's yeah. guys like, and so I like, I like this roster. This isn't one of these like bad Doc rosters. No, this is a good uh, Doc roster. 68 was the career high for like for Embiid's gone 68, 51, 51, 64, 63, and 31. So you did get the most of Embiid, but you also didn't get a you didn't get a lot of hard. So like I mean, you you got very yeah. little hard. And, and they add they added depth. I think the Sixers even even as a team that has some older dudes, I think that they're still on the you know the younger side. Maxi especially like Maxi, I think yeah. has some real I mean, some real room to improve. Whereas I mean the error the error on the Sixers is like things. I think things have to break very wrong for them to win fifty one games, which is where the line is at. Mm-hmm. I think if, if things break relatively well, they're winning fifty four, fifty five, right? And it they're they're gonna want the we'll talk about this, but they're gonna want the one seed, and it's gonna take them fifty. It's gonna take fifty five wins. It's gonna take more than fifty five wins to win the conference. And these teams that we're going to talk about care about the number one scene having home court in the in the these teams are serious about trying to win the title. So yeah, I mean I'm 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 very safely over bet with this team, like very. I, safe. I, I'm over bet as well. Um, Joel Embiid's MVP odds it's seven to one. No, I don't like. I, I think I think if he was winning any time, it was last year. Right, and like I mean, Jokic was a deserving winner. I picked him over Embiid, but like Embiid, it was his career high in minutes, and also like a, a lot of the other potential candidates just didn't play enough. So it was like I I, I think that Embiid could win it. I would love to see. I would love to see Embiid win it. It would be a great kind of career accomplishment for him. And he has, you know, I I believe I had him as a permanent MVP in a previous year. I, you know, he's only played this many games once before. And to me, like, 68 is the practical minimum. Like, I, I think that, you you know, because at that point you're already missing 14 games. Yeah, that's, it, he's going to, but here's the thing. Not only is he, I think he, he probably shouldn't play 68 games. I think right. like, the situation yeah. where, like, you, like, you, you want to load manage him, you want to keep him. And, and here's who the interesting candidate is. I think Harden is 75 to 1. Mm. And I think that's really interesting because if if Embiid misses some time, then you're kind of like let's say Embiid plays 50 games and Harden it just basically goes off for 30, and he's not moving around like he was, and he has like a throwback like that's that's a big number for like for like for like a guy who can win the MVP, right? Um, uh, I mean, it, it's because of the size of that number that I'm kind of kind of interested in in in. And I'm gonna I'm literally going on Fanduel right now just to confirm. Yes, plus. FanDuel. I'm looking at like the MVP odds, but but keep, keep, like, do you like? What do you think of their? So their division odds are three to one, and I really like that. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't. I don't like. I don't like them to win the conference, or I don't like to win the title because you never take Doc Rivers in the playoffs. But them winning the division at plus three to one—that's a really nice bet. That is a really good bet. Yeah, and you know, like so, there it's th- like three and a half to one, roughly, as I'm seeing it. To win, is that about right to win the conference? I'm, or is, I'm no, seeing, it's seven to one. Yeah, seven. No, like seven. It's okay. So it's seven to one to win the conference, and uh, sixteen to one, sixteen to one to win the title. And then they're three to one to win the division, which I really yeah, like. I, I like oh, the I like the division odds far more than the conference or title odds. 
I think yeah, they're a better regular I, I, season I, I, team than re, better regular season team than playoff team. I mean, I, I I'm gonna say that probably so far those are my favorite division offs. Even though I like the team in front of them, but like, do I think that the? I mean, you're getting three to one money on a team that I think is better than fifty percent to win that comp. Like they're they're probably like forty percent at worst, man, thirty thirty five percent at worst to win that division. So like that is good money uh for them to i'm actually confirming it i'm literally like looking at these odds like plus two six but yeah you can you can get them at three to one and i like that three to one uh so we like uh we like the division at three to one and i just looked on fandle and i saw harden is at 80 to at, uh 80 to one to win the the mvp eight thousand to one so i really like that i mean i again this is like if you're throwing something on there and you're interested i'm I, you know i could totally see him having a throwback season and th- at that price you know is he someone who can get the volume yeah i mean like if something was like slightly off with the sixer season then just give him the ball and just have him score and like spread around and put up like these like crazy triple double lines anyone is a big enough number that i'm kind of interested i'm gonna say i'm, I'm interested i Harden's 33 at this point i think it you know, i could see him being in the mix like it, if you could i don't think you can get bets on this but him finishing top five like that would be kind of fun but i don't winning it overall like that's a really high bar as we expect it to be. Yeah, no, I mean, I know. I mean, I'm just like... But it is 75, as you mentioned. Like, it's it's a big, it's a big number. There, there's a scenario where, like, say, like, Embiid misses 40 games and Harden basically carries, puts the team on his back and carries them, and they, they're, they like, they end up being, like, the one or two seed in the East and maybe the one seed overall, then... Yeah, I mean, is that a is that a is that a is that a more than a three percent outcome? I'm like, yeah, probably. Uh, it's not a huge outcome, but like, it's something that like if you're a <laughs> if you're a Sixers fan, your bets are the division and Harden eighty to one. I mean, like if you're a Sixers fan, it's probably you don't want to bet the Harden because that's implying things are happening to Embiid. So so, but yeah, maybe don't do that. But the three to one is actually like a really nice bet, I think. Okay, so next team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, historically, they're about even. Uh, they won 51 games last season. The line is set at 52 games this season, 52 and a half. Uh, the model is projecting them for 54 wins, and it is slightly over and a fade. I'm a fade on this, too, because 53 games is a lot to win. And, like, the Bucks could have a very successful season and not win this. The, I agree with you that they will be pushing, and like, I think the Bucks are one of the best teams on paper. Also worth noting, while we all remember the big playoff absence for Chris Middleton, who it seems like is not 100% at least to start the season— other than Brooke Lopez, who basically missed the whole regular season, the Bucks were actually pretty healthy. Giannis, Drew Middleton all played 66, 67 games. And so they, and some of those were healthy scratches. I mean, I think some of that is, is they played, so a lot of the guys on the Bucks played the finals and then went straight to the world championships. Right. And so it's the same thing that happened to the Celtics early in the season. Where like a bunch of guys who just played a ton of games. And so they were kind of like, you know, faded. And then they kind of charged back once they got a little fresher. I think right. like having the summer off to rest, uh, they didn't go deep in the playoffs, like that deep in the playoffs last year. Uh, I, I liked it. I mean, like they, I liked, again, I liked their depth. They, they have some, some interesting pieces. They added like a couple guys were like, I mean, Serge Ivaca is, is old, but he's a good piece to have on your bench. Um, Hopefully he's and, healthy this year. I mean, last yeah. year, last year he missed a lot of time due to a back issue. And when I, like when I saw the Bucks in person, Serge Ibaka was moving around like a guy who had a back issue. So I was like, eh, we'll see. I'm, I'm yeah, sympathetic I mean, as a guy in his, in his, it is like late 30s. I don't have back issues. I have knee issues. But like, I know how that can be. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's our best case scenario has more like 58 games. I totally see that. But worst case, I have them at 48 if things go slightly wrong. 
uh, with injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that there is some margin with them. Um, but I, I mean, again, I do think a lot of teams are not going to be competitive. So do I think that they're are they better than they were last year or about, I think they're about the same as they were last year, and they probably won less than they should have because they were kind of in a they were kind of uh, tired during the season. So I'm talking myself into an over. The question is whether I want to go better fade. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, I'm fading it. Um, I will probably there will probably be other things regarding the Bucks that I will be more confident in. Just because I'm not sure you brought up, and I think this is fair, that if they're close at the end, that they will push. But I think Budenholzer, especially because he knows this is all about May and June for this team, I think they're going to take their foot off the accelerator a little bit earlier in the season. I think this is the year that we see Budenholzer channel his inner Greg Popovich a little bit more. They're not. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to push them in their. I don't think that anybody's going to push them in their division. So I don't think. I, I think I like the Cavs, but well. I, I think, but winning the division isn't that important. Like it's, you yeah, know, it's like, basically finishing ahead of the Sixers and the Celtics. And the Sixers, one of these, the Celtics, the Celtics, Sixers, or Celtics might run away with it. Um, whether or not they're going to be bothered to play that hard late, ah, uh, it's rough. Uh, I mean, I think the lines. I mean, if the line was fifty-one and a half, I'm definitely a smash. If where it is right now, um. Could I see this team winning 58? Yeah, I could see this team winning 58 games. Do I think they want to? Probably not. So I'm going to go begrudgingly go fade on this, even though I kind of like I'm tempted to just smash the, like smash. Like the thing is, like, can you look at their late April schedule and see how many like bad Western Conference teams they're playing late? Sure. I will do that right now. Because I think that's going to be like that's going to be the key question. Are they, if they're playing a bunch of tanking teams late in season, then I'm going to like feel so bad about this. Like because like okay. that's Here is Milwaukee's April. Philadelphia at Washington, Chicago, Memphis at Toronto. So they do not play tanking teams in April. Okay. Okay. So and what about March? Uh, they okay. play they play the Magic twice. They play. We'll see. We'll talk about the Kings later. They play the Kings once. They play the Pistons once. They and they play the Pacers twice. So like mixed bag. I would say they have. But and those are teams that I think they would be okay, either I'm, way. I'm sitting on. I'm sitting on the fade. I'm sitting on the fade, and I may regret this later. But I'm sitting on the fade on this, and I and I get why. I mean, I, I think I, I agree with you. They don't need. I think they're, they're comfortable if they're like they're getting like two home series. If they're like the three seed, they're they're perfectly happy with the three seed. Right. Uh, I I, uh, I think so as well. The Celtics, um, are, the Celtics are perfectly capable of blowing a home game. <laughs> um, we why, why yes, they are. So let's let's yes, start with let's start with MVP Giannis. It's six to one for him. This Ooh. would be this would be his third. I think this is pretty juicy. I I think Giannis is the best player in the league. Um, there will be there will this, be, is, this is a this is a bet on whether or not you think this is a bet on whether or not you think the are the are, the, are, the, are is Milwaukee six to one to finish with as the number one overall seed? Yeah, I think they could do it. I, and also, like I think meh, I think that I, I so okay. I yeah I like it. I, I I agree with you. We both bet over, but I think we like it. Well, and here here's like, here's the like other it, here's the other interesting thing when you look at so the the top five MVP candidates in terms of betting odds right now are Luka, Embiid, Giannis, Durant, and Jokic. There could be teams that end up with a better record. That is not the, a list of like players on the five best teams in the league. And so like it could be in Giannis immensely important defensively, could have a huge offensive year. 
still also like it's something to remember like Giannis is in his primer close to it like this could be his best season per minute so like I, I think that's I think that's a it's a it's definitely reasonable I don't think it's like a screaming deal yeah, I, I think, mean it's I six think, to one I think I think uh, uh Giannis is six to one is good I like it yeah I'm fine with it. Yeah. and then um for them conference odds it's uh three and a half to one is that right three and a half to three and a half to one yes and uh, then minus, s- minus 244 division and eh. then seven to one to win the title um, both of those are eminently reasonable. Like, I mean, my thought Giannis is Giannis has looked like the best player on the planet in the last three yeah. playoffs. Like, so like you survived Giannis. So like Giannis basically making a run for the title. I mean, three and a half to one for the division is interesting. Uh, particularly since I really like this team and there's some uh, kind of there's there's some wait. It's, it's three and a half to win the conference, not three and a half for the. It's division. three and a half to win the conference and seven and seven and one to win the title. If 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 they're making if 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 okay so if Giannis is are they favored are they favored to win if they make if they make the finals if like would you consider the Bucks a favorite over any uh, any West team that comes up? Not necessarily. I, I so I think it, you know there will be some that they would be good. The, there's so much variance within the top of the West. Like I I think I could be picking the Bucks, but I could not. So like I think it being fifty percent there is probably fine. So I would rather take out the West variance and bet them to win the conference instead of winning the division. I mean, but if you're sitting, if you're sitting, if you're sitting, like the difference between things that they're not, I think you're getting, I think you're getting, I think you're getting better money getting them at seven hundred than three fifty. So I like. Well, I mean, it's it's basically it's saying they have a fifty percent chance of winning the finals if they get there. I think that's totally reasonable. I, I, I think they would be favored if they got to the finals. Okay, like, that's again, that's fine. Like, let's say it's against the Warriors. I the the Warriors will have a problem because, like, whereas the Bucks do have the personnel to actually cover the Warriors, the Warriors can't freaking cover like Giannis. I mean, but the Bucks are going to have the Bucks are like, going to have negative defenders in that series. Like, that's just the. I mean, the Warriors are too, but like, that's that's the way it, the, yeah, the way it goes. I mean, like, Grayson Allen and and Bobby Portis are going to matter more in a potential NBA Finals than they have yes. in any series so far. Yes. So let's go. I, I think I think you like so Danny Danny likes. Uh, the three point three and a half to one. I, I get it. I like three and a half for uh, to one for conference. I like the title odds. I like seven to one on the title, and, and, and it's the same logic. I just think that like you're getting a favorable cut at getting them at seven to one because I do think that if they make the finals, they're going to be favored. Yep. Like seven to ones for the final. I mean, for the finals. Okay, so that's the Bucks. So now we come to the number one projected team for the East. You're defending Eastern Conference Finals, the Boston Celtics, who have had some, like, significant uh, turmoil. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, though. Well, and uh, they're... But- they're, they're, they're projected it. Uh, they won 51 games last year. They typically are about even on the market. Their win projection is 53 and a half. Sorry, they're, they're, the, 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 the over is 53 and a half, the under is 54 and a half. The models have them projected for 57 wins, and they're about six over on that. They're all kind of over on that, and it's over and bet. And honestly, I am an over and bet on this team, too. And well, so am I. Detail. Yes, I think, the, 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 like, so for me, even though the whole Doka thing happened and that's a whole scandal, there is continuity in the organization in that, like, you know, Brad's still there. Um, oh, God, I forget his name. The assistant GM. Jo- oh, oh, yeah, Zarin. Zarin. Zarin's there. Uh, like, they, they put a guy who's one of their guys in the lead. Uh, the personnel continues. They've got a bunch of guys who've been through war. Like, these guys have been, like, I think, like, what was it? One final, like, like 
four conference finals. There's a bunch of guys who've just like been through it, and a bunch of leaders. I don't think it's going to be like a big deal well, that Udoka's kind of like they like not there anymore. And beyond all that, which uh, uh, totally fair, the Celtics last year they they won 51 games, but they they had the differential of a 59 win team. It, the, yeah. You do run into some some flaws with this. David Locke has talked about it with the Jazz, and like when you get to the really high ends of point differential, you're probably well, but, always going to underperform but, it. Okay, hold, hold on, but like the Jazz have the unfair advantage of playing it out right like, exactly the Celtics the Celtics home court advantage is like is not great like, it, it is and, and so but do you also I mean you have the consideration that the Celtics and the whole sample matters but they were the best team in the league after January 1st and so that that's all working in yeah and the Celtics are fairly young you know this is age 24 season for Tatum age 26 season for Jalen Brown they so like normally if you have they a team that they played a crap load of like playoff conference finals and now even finals minutes so this is a team that like it's yeah. young it's growing it has a ton of experience and, and it's and yeah that that sometimes works against a team in terms of the immediate like uh you know like they they, they might be a little bit tired but we did have a full off season like this is the first full off season in a while and like so but norm the w- reason i'm overplay here the easiest one the easiest one to explain this yes ime udoka being being suspended is a problem and robert williams which we haven't mentioned missing extended time is yeah, a problem yeah i mean i think i think rob williams is the upside for this team but they've shown they can play without him and right. uh, so and, and they have they, they're well I, like I by the way we have i have uh Payton, uh felton had him at like 1200 i have him at like 1400 based on the news so this is like him yeah, playing and, and, like and, and the models still have them at well well over like yeah. 57 wins and and so for for me you have this team differential of a 59 win team you could argue that this, the relevant sample is actually stronger for them that improved overall in the offseason you know like talent talent in talent out because they got yeah. brogdon who's flawed still helps them and gallinari being hurt sucks but better, they better than have, dennis the, the best, better, better than dennis schroeder half the season. oh oh yeah and so and also, like, this team has a lot of credible depth. Like, they, you know, with adding Brogdon, they have guys, they, they have multiple guys that can work in the closing five. They have a lot of good rotation players. Grant Williams. And, oh, yeah. And so, so, like, the reasons to go under, one is, like, there is some instability with the coach and maybe things go poorly. But, like, honestly, like, some, There's a lot like, of organizational continu- continuity is what well, I say. Or, and winning is a pretty damn good disinfectant. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, if the like to me, what that creates, I've used the phrase before of disaster potential. Like, it creates some of that. Like, if things go badly, you could see some some knives come out and everything else. And there's the uncertainty with Jalen Brown because he's extension eligible but not going to sign it for logical reasons. But you know when that doesn't matter? When you're winning 55 games, you're not usually like that. And so, and I and think the Celtics that, are that there's good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of leaders on this team like you know you got Jalen you got Marcus Smart you got a Horford you know you got guys who were you know at yeah. this point they're young but they're they're better and, they're, they're, and you have a front office that's been good at their jobs and you have also a team that like organizationally that understands they made the NBA finals last year that like so one of the factors that we haven't talked about as much openly with some of these we talked about in terms of the context of tanking is like if they made a move would it make them better or worse and odds are for the Celtics if they're making a move it's going to make them better yeah you're talking about if they make like a KD trade or, or anything else like that they're, they're not going to be selling is, chips way, to be better in the way, future has, has been floated but it would be a situation where like the, the nets are basically like selling out the house 
And there's some friction between those two organizations be, 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 be because of how the uh, Udoka fell, which is something that, like, we haven't mentioned, but, like, if people don't know, like, a lot of the leaks on the Udoka situation were coming from the Nets. Uh, and then uh, it was being countered by the Celtics, and it's all, but, like, it got messy. Well, or, or, like, the, or I'm thinking, I was thinking of the conflict with the Jalen Brown KD stuff. I don't know about the email. I don't know where that stuff was there, coming there's, from. There's been some friction between these two organizations. Well, that, even, that's though, for sure. like, even though they're logistically it's been talked about but the celtics are a possible destination for uh there's there's a lot of reasons why it would make sense for both sides and for katie and i mean jalen doesn't i mean i wouldn't want to get rid of jalen i think this is a good team i think they're good enough to win the title as a celtics fan and they're homegrown and they as a celtics fan they're a joy to watch because of that but i mean I get it. Um, and again, I think we, we've mentioned this before, but this is a team that, like, like, what is their April schedule? What do you got for me on their April schedule? Philly, Toronto, Toronto, Atlanta. Yeah, that's um, like, yeah. That, and then yeah. Their, their their March is pretty similar to everyone else. I'd actually say it's a little stronger than average. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, overall, I, I do think that, like, it's like, could I see this win team, this team winning 58 games? Yes, the model sees them. Like, yeah, they could totally win 58 games, 59 games. And I do think that, like, it may come down to winning 60 games to win the East, right? I think that's that's maybe the case because the top of the East, the top three teams are really, really good, right? They, they have their flaws in other places, but they're really, really good, and they're going to run teams off the floor um, uh, in a lot of occasions. Um, uh, some th- a couple interesting things with their other lines. So um, four, 1.4 to 1 to win the division. I don't love that just because Philly's good and like just yeah. you, you're dealing with a lot of variants and, and like there, there are ways that they can go over and not win the division. Um, and then also for the Celtics, I'm seeing it from, from your stuff that they're basically 2.9 to 1 to win the East and then 7 to 1 to win the title, which means that, and I think this is reasonable to an extent, that unlike the Bucks, where it was basically a 50% chance that they win the finals if they get there, they see it at below 50 for the Celtics, and I'm mostly okay with that. Um, ooh, actually... Same logic. I actually like their. I, I, I in this situation, I would like their seven and one better than the. Uh, I'd rather be holding the seven and one than holding the. Um, hmm. I'm looking. I know. Yeah. I see your logic. I see your yeah. logic. I think. Yeah. I think the bet for them is probably. No, I think. I think same as. I think same as the Bucks. Seven to one is the bet, right? If you're it's like seven to one is, I think the bet. I don't think you're going to get a better price on the Celtics to win the title than the seven to one. Also, the other the, the other logic that you could use. Um, I thought about this when we we're doing the Bucks. Is like it's a lot easier to hedge off that seven than it is a conference finals thing. So like you could theoretically then. You know, you're not going to get the full thing, but if you you know put a little bit on the other team or do something else, then you can you can get that to work out. One of the, one of the reasons you bet these futures, it's like, do you think this price is ever going to come down? Mm-hmm. Do I think the Celtics are going to start in? A, are they going to have a period? Like, are they going to start slow to the point where like that seven to one drops to ten to one? I don't think so. This isn't like San Antonio you used to go on the rodeo or like have like one of these ro- like trips where like that you you wait for a point in the season and buy it. I don't think the Celtics are going to start slow to the point where like that price drops. I do think seven to one is the lowest you're ever going to get that price. Uh, the last question with them: Jason Tatum, twelve to one MVP. Um, so the general rule is that guys who win the MVP have finished. 
finished uh, one are the the clear top guy on the team and have finished in the top five before. That's generally the rule. Tatum finished sixth last year. He's just on the cusp of being um, so. It's twelve to one. Uh, if they're the number one seed overall, right, which is possible, and he continues to grow at the pace he did, yes, I like Tatum at twelve to one. Bridesman. I think I like Tatum at twelve to one, and I like the title at seven to one. I think both those numbers are decent. You, I think that number is. I think that Tatum at twelve to one is also the lowest you're going to get that number. I don't. This is not me saying he's going to win it, but I think this is the lowest you're going to get, and there's a good chance he's a top five guy for MVP this season. I like they're over the best of anything. I think I like their title odds second best. Yeah, I mean... Um, because, right. I mean, like, the other thing is, if Robert Williams was obviously... He, I mean, we don't know. Ho- hopefully he's not dealing with an issue in these playoffs. Hopefully this is one of those he misses yeah, if, extended time people, now and he doesn't. Kinda, like One thing that people don't know is, like, when Robert Williams was on the court, the Celtics massively outplayed the Warriors. He was very important in terms of defensively. When he wasn't, the Warriors basically ran him off the court because much like... Um, Steph Curry had like the massive offensive gravity on defense like like Rob basically made all the switches much easier right so he basically like turned a bunch of guys who were like negative in that series into positive when he was on the court because he could chase people around right all the scheming in that series was around like was around really around Rob and, and Steph which is kind of crazy but really that's what it was like Kerr was trying to scheme around like Rob's defensive gravity and you know the, the Celtics were trying to keep him on the court and get him on the court and like the Celtics were trying to stop or like frustrate Steph's gravity right this is the entire series um and yeah i mean if he's coming back and he's playing more then that's like kind of a, a huge deal so it actually means that like we expect the Celtics to be stronger in the back half of the season yeah that's very true um so do you like the tatum 12 to 1 mvp or is that just me i don't i don't think i like it enough to go hard i like the other celtic stuff so much that it's like well I'll just i'll just go for those things instead yeah i think all these like we're a celtics fan all these like these three numbers are all interesting like the over the 7 to 1 the title and tatum 12 to 1 to win the mvp are all really interesting and they're all reasons to bet it uh like i mean i'm a celtics fan and i think i'm gonna throw some money on all three of them because again i think it i think all i mean tatum's the one that has probably it is my third favorite i think the title odds and the over are both very interesting uh i think the title will you you will have spots where like i mean definitely they're going to be at worst like a, a top three seed and they're probably, you know, given who their opponents are, they're at least getting to the conference semis. So I think that that's a kind of interesting uh, spot to be. Right? The top, of, the top, the top of the East is really rough. Like a team that they're they're gonna be there's gonna be teams that are going home that could definitely win the title. Like um, so, and it, and it isn't the first time. This is this is historically hasn't necessarily been the case in the East. And there's there's uh, there's there's who's the worst team in the East that you could see win the title? Winning the oh. Miami? Yeah, I mean, like, if Jimmy plays as well as he did in the playoffs, like, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them to, but there's a, it's plausible, sure. I mean, I think people forget. Like, I mean, I mean you could argue, you could argue it's Brooklyn, but I think part, but Brooklyn, it's all you know, like their ceiling is different than their. Katie, I mean, if Katie shows up, I mean, if K, if Katie's playing at his top top level and Kyrie's not a complete head case, right? You know, although I mean, at this point, like Kyrie being a head case and being kind of a detriment is is, is kind of a feature. Um. Okay. Is there anything else on the East that you want to cover? No, I think I think that's pretty good. 
Uh, anything else that you're feeling? Uh, no, I think I think that's pretty good. I mean, I think I think as I said, I think it is interesting and good that the East is as good as it's been. And I am kind of like, I mean, this is not an East where I'm like pointing out like even the worst team in the East, which is probably the Magic. Worst team in the East is probably the Magic, right? Even the worst team in the East is, it has some interesting things. And like the second, like immediately when we get to the second or third worst team, like they both, like I said, the Washington Wizards are a fun league pass team, and I think the Detroit Pistons are also going to be like a fun league pass team. So like really having 14 teams in the East that like are going to play passable or good basketball is, is, is great. It's, it's very weird. exciting. There's a it's reason weird. there's a reason to watch everyone. I'm very interested in where the wins and losses come from because yes. we will learn a lot, but I don't I don't know I don't know it right now for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to be on, Danny. Thanks again to Arturo Goletti for taking the time to come on. You can follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, and he's also the chief research officer for SportsGrid. Love having him on. Love going through this process every year and Hopefully you enjoyed it. If so, you will be able to listen to the Western Conference next week. We've already recorded it, but, you know, I like to give them a little bit of space, so I'm guessing that'll come out on, like, Wednesday or something. If you want to support the show, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You can download download episodes, but the even better way to do that is to subscribe. Whatever podcast player you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, you subscribe, and then it can just pop in. And if this one's coming out on a Sunday, it can be weird times depending on my availability, my guest availability, and that's just the way it's always going to work, so you can do that. Also, you can help other people find the show. That can be through word of mouth, that can be through social media, and also leaving a rating and review in whatever your podcast player you use. But the most important thing for this show, and honestly any other that has them, is to check out our sponsors. For us, that is betonline.ag. Use that CLNS50 promo code to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus, most importantly, but also to tell them that you came from us so they will hopefully continue to advertise on this fair podcast. You can also check out my other work. That is Dunked On Prime where we're exciting or adding John Hollinger. We actually have a pre-sale going on right now. Uh, it's the lowest prices we're going to have be- before we add this in. We've also, of course, added Dan Feldman. So Dunkdown Prime is becoming more robust, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm so thrilled about that. Dan's daily dunks have been awesome and he's doing an audio version of it now, which is even better for people who listen to podcasts. You should check that out. Also, Nate and I are back on League Pass. The NBA strategy stream will return for another season. And preliminarily, it's not going to be always on the same day of the week to start the season. We're going to be bouncing around, but that allows us to pick some awesome matchups. And it isn't 100% announced yet, I don't think, but our first game is going to be Brooklyn, New Orleans on League Pass opening night, which is that Wednesday. So Tuesday is ring night. Wednesday, I always refer to as League Pass opening night, first full day of the season. Absolutely awesome. Zion Williamson, the new look Nets with Ben Simmons, and we're extremely looking forward to it. You can watch the game, listen to our commentary. It's always been a dream of ours. We love doing it, so we'll be doing that as well. Should have a Spotify Live this week as well. The typical time is Tuesdays at 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, and that's like a call-in radio show, which then gets released on Spotify a couple days later. We really enjoy doing that. And then my written work at The Athletic. I was in Europe, as many of you know, for a while and have some pieces coming out. I just finished one, or pretty dang close to finishing one right before. Put this up, so that should be coming out. I think it's mid to late next week. It's long one so it'll take some editorial and then I'll have a couple others that are in the process that should be ready over the next little while. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is an absolute promise. And I try to reply. That's not my greatest, but I do read them every time they come in. 
And that is all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Thank you.